Today, we bring the heat. We're back with another episode. Hey Plenty of Welcome heat. Back. We talked about Welcome back. the guy from Singapore who is from China or whatever. Who is definitely not a part of the Communist Party that, of China because he because he isn't actually. That he Chinese really spy whose cover is being Singaporean and not from China. <laughs> Perfect. You know, I mean, really, it's a great cover story, you know, being yeah, not man. Chinese. Wow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Bad guy, Tom Cotton. Also, yeah, terrible like questioner. Him. Terrible. Yeah. Ter- terrible at what he does. Redundant. Anyway, Redundant. we talked about Star yeah. Wars this week for the movie. Uh, Star. Remember, remember, no political readings. Okay, no because poli- can't. No, there's no no real life politics in the movie about space politics or whatever. Yeah, that's what I said. I'm rushing. Yeah. I'm rushing through this because I have to leave like ten minutes ago. Uh, next week, <laughs> yeah. Empire Strikes Back. We're going through all the Star Wars. Anyway, recommendations. We talked about things to recommend. Investing. We, investing. Jake, the zoo we called Jake. <laughs> he did stuff. Uh, friend of the show. Guest star. Guest <laughs> star for the episode. This is going to be an IMDb credit for him. Uh, it's not. And follow me on social media. Don't follow Gavin don't anywhere. Follow, don't follow don't do me it. anywhere. Just, Please. Don't. It's not worth Stop it. Stop it. Don't. It's it, not. It's I'm not worth the it. attention from our hit I'm squad. I'm deleting myself. Yeah. Anyway, uh, show, share the show. Follow us. Subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And let's just, just, just timestamps. There's timestamps in the description so you can time skip stamps. around if you want. Now let's just jump and into 9 it. 9 p.m. Something hours business hours. Jump into it. Yep. Remember when Dave Chappelle went all nimby? Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but it's also Dave Chappelle, <laughs> right? Well, like he he grew up like you know not rich. He he grew right. up like I don't, I don't really know like his background, but he I, I know he didn't grow up with money. He was just like a regular ass person. Right. Um, I saw him in uh, in uh, in uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yeah, yeah. Started yeah, from nothing along with the dad from uh, Good Luck Charlie. <sighs> No, that was the no the dad from Good Luck. No, Charlie that was the was, dad from Wizards of Waverly Place. Is it? No, and then the dad from Good Luck Charlie was there too. He might have been. I'm glad we settled Love on that. that. <laughs> I'm glad we've agreed. <laughs> I wish all congressional debates went like that. Yeah, <laughs> they're talking about tax law. They're like, oh, wasn't he in Robin Hood Men Tights? <laughs> <laughs> and then they're just like, yeah, agreed. Robin Hood Men Tights meeting adjourned no that's that's honestly how a lot of uh like congressional clips feel you know the ones where like like a a verbal argument breaks out or whatever like so much of the time like especially like with the culture war stuff it just feels like like that level of argument no that was the dad from this show (laughs) actually though i love the those uh those compilations on youtube of like uh american politics but out of context Oh, and it's Jesus. like Senator John No Relations Kennedy saying, uh, now I didn't say Senator Sanders is a slut. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, he was clarifying. He was yeah, like, and it, it's like, how do we even get here? How did that even happen? We're talking about immigration. Jesus. How did this happen? I was trying to remember if we talked about this, but I don't I don't think we did. Um, yeah, we have not uh discussed 
which I think I wanted to uh, write this down, but I didn't. But the 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 TikTok guy, the TikTok hearing, um, dude, that oh, was like from Sing- the Singapore, Singapore guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, dude. Oh, that was dude, so. That- it was so cringeworthingly like cringeworthy, and also kind of funny of the the, the congressman being like, like, where are you from? And he's like from Singapore. And he's yeah. just like, so you're not associated with China? No, I'm not. So you're not a part of the Chinese Communist Party? No, I'm from Singapore. So <laughs> yeah. you don't have any affiliation at all with the Chinese Communist? No, I'm from Sim- Singapore. I, I don't <laughs> so you, so you have never talked to the PLA? No, I've had to serve in the military in Singapore, but that's because I have to. Jesus, so uh. funny. See, the story there should be the bill that they're trying to pass, trying to like, what are they trying to do? Like ban social media for know. kids or something? I don't even know. So this it's double pronged and it's kind of, it's kind of, it's a little shitty. So, um, the good, the thing that I agree with, with this discussion is putting up regulations for like Instagram because they intentionally, I meta intentionally designs Instagram to be more engaging, i.e. addictive. Yeah, uh, especially for young kids. So they want to put in some regulations with regards to what uh, what these companies can do uh, or how far they can go with increasing engagement before we say, no, you're basically making a drug like you're basically making kids addicted to this, yeah. to this platform. What sucks is now they're goose stepping that into like TikTok. And maybe, yeah, maybe TikTok is going to this like addictive engagement stuff, but they're also trying to tie in like, oh, the Chinese Communist Party wants to, wants to, they want to turn the fucking frogs gay, you know? Jesus, yeah. And, and it's like, no, no, it's more of a domestic problem when it, like, with regards to kids and making sure they don't get addicted to social media. Yeah, well, like, part of it, the- part, part of it is people are saying that, and this this is true. It's it's a real phenomenon they're talking about. The TikTok algorithm is way different in China than it is here. Like in in China, it's oh, it's yeah. a lot more oh, yeah. like STEM focused, a lot more like educational. Whereas here, it's just it's kind of sludge, just kind of sludge I mean, content. It's I call just, it. It's just entertainment, right? Right. In the states, it's just for entertainment. But um, also you have to remember that the that in China they have like sensors and stuff oh yeah no uh, it's very draconian and so even if they wanted to make it more entertaining in china a part of that entertainment would stem from how much the pla sucks and how much the communist party sucks yeah well my my theory for like why this is happening like why we're noticing that the algorithm is so different is like First of all, they're like different companies, I guess. I don't really, I'm not an insider with info on like, yeah, I, I don't, with how the TikTok works, like company wise. I'm pretty sure the algorithms are trademarked. I, I don't, I don't fucking know. But like Chinese TikTok is like by law, like run by a different entity than American TikTok. Like I think, yeah. didn't they make Microsoft buy it? I know they at least I, were going to force Microsoft to buy TikTok, um, but yeah, it's like run differently by different people. So yeah. my theory for why we're seeing the, these wildly different experiences is just that they have different goals. Like you said, like they have to like, you know, do kind of what, what the CCP wants and they have to like, right you know, not put up what they don't want put up and put up, you know, what, right. what they are suggesting. Whereas here, yeah. 
in this free market economy where they are trying to compete, you know, to sell ad space because that's what social media is. It's 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 a vehicle to sell advertisements. That's They're, what free social media is. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as opposed to what? Paying it, a subscription fee. Right. But I mean, you're like Instagram or Snapchat, like they will remove ads if you just pay them. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if they probably still sell your information. That's that's like the other half of it. Um, you're, you're kind of selling your, your, enough, yeah. your, your privacy. There are still cookies. Yeah. Yeah. So since they're trying to compete in that wildly different market, they're going to put up on, you know, on your for you page, whatever makes you stay on the app longer. That's just the, that's the goal yep. of these companies. So if you're For trying to get like a 12 year old's attention, you're going to show them like dance videos and, you know, SpongeBob clips and like, you know, family guy, and funny moments, good old Steven Crowder video. Yeah. Slip in, you know, of course, some, some conservative agit prop, of course. But no, that's that's why it's so different, at least as far as I can tell. It just seems like they have different purposes and different goals and, you know, they're they're going to operate differently. I don't think my, my point is, I don't think it's what people are saying it is that it's not like some targeted attack on like the minds of America. Maybe that's like, well, yeah, and I agree with you there. I, I think um what it is uh we're kind of running into this into this uh intersection between engagement and addiction how you know how do you draw the line between someone who is so engaged in something that they spend eight hours a day on it and at times disregard other responsibilities that they have to do um versus that's an addiction right right and i think we're kind of at that intersection right now and it's something that not only the medical field will have to look into and kind of kind of draw a bit broader borders in terms of how we define this, but also something that we legislatively will have to catch up to because the repercussions will be, if we don't adapt to this, the repercussions will, will be bad. Oh (laughs) yeah. It won't, it won't be good. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm concerned about what's going on between, uh, what's going on with like Google and Facebook, I should say meta, meta, but and a bit with TikTok, uh, I think the reason that TikTok, I'd say the main reason that TikTok runs different here than it does in China is just because of the CCP and they're wanting to control what their population engages with and interacts with. Right. Um, and uh, the whole like, sir, do you have any connection with the CCP? It's like, go fuck yourself, Mr. Congressman. Go suck a fucking dick. Yeah, no, it's 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 always so frustrating when like a, a company, especially like a tech company, will do something, you know, like, you know, put out harmful content or whatever, or like any company will do anything like, you know, harmful and they read in like some kind of weird, like, I don't know, anti-American attack into it. Like they think like, oh, they're trying to like tear at the fabric of our culture or whatever. When really what culture? the answer, what is that culture? The, the answer Define that culture for me, the you answer know, is we're not going to start this argument again. We're not going to start this <laughs> very heated. Okay. Argument. Um, no, like why would you attribute it to some kind of like cabal like plot? 
when really right. you're just seeing them do what makes them more money. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, YouTube will like put out content that like makes you mad. Like, you know, a yeah. lot of this like Daily Wire stuff. They're like, you got to be mad at this group because they're doing this to you. And that's why you feel unfulfilled with your life. Uh, right, please right. keep watching these uh, because we can sell more ads. Well, I mean, if you want to look for the architect of that, um, that business model, look at Fox News. They figured out that you can make a lot more money uh, getting people upset and angry about it, about a certain political issue. Um rather than just informing the public right yeah that's that's just kind of um that's a problem with mass media under capitalism that i think we gotta you know do more to uh to combat it just seems like kind of um like it's gonna keep happening like no matter what the medium is until we actually stop like you know the root problem how we do that that's that's its own question i i don't really know but, right. That'd be like a but, whole rewrite of the First Amendment. Yeah, I mean it's well it's also like a whole restructuring of the media economy. Because if the problem is, you know, they're going to do what makes them more money and what makes them more money is harmful, then we got to figure out how we can keep these places going without them having to worry about the profit motive. But also if that if that means of harmful engagement is also a protected right under the first amendment then you need to rewrite the first amendment right that too but what i'm saying is if you take away the financial incentive there's less reason to put out you know that that harmful content that lets you sell more ads oh sure perhaps because uh, i mean i think journalists yeah, we'll, we would have to see yeah journalists will do journalism and they'll they'll do it to the best of their ability um you know as a general statement but you know, a company that happens to produce news will do whatever makes them the most money. So that's, that's kind of, that's the rock and hard place we're stuck between. And I, and I kind of learned about this a lot in my, my public policy class about how news media, especially in the United States went from being really focused on uh, being a public service that informs the public about what's going on around them uh, to uh, like, Oh, now we just run for profit and whatever right whatever increases that profit we will follow um and it's really because we see this happening with even like reputable news sources like cnn especially cnn yeah that's how they're kind of they're kind of the i wouldn't say exactly the opposite of fox news they still at least hold to like some like actual uh reputable truth no fox is in its Um, own category when you're talking about mainstream news. news They should be forced by law to put quotes around news. Yeah. No, the like, weird by, part like, is... I mean that fully literally. The weird part is sometimes they do good reporting, and it always feels like it's coming out of left field. And it's... Yeah, that's the weird part, like, too. I, I, remember, then, I remember one example. This must have been like a year or so ago. They did a segment on this like very traditional like conservative ideal family. Like, you know, two and a half kids, white picket fence, golden retriever family. That just happened to have, uh, you know, one of their kids was trans and they did a story about, you know, what their life is like, how it's different, how it's really not that different. And it's like this very good, like feels like a, like a CBS Sunday morning type segment. Like it's very just kind of, is kind of a puff piece, but it's on Fox news, but it's like airing at like noon. So like. Yeah, no, it feels more weird when they do good reporting. Right, and to your point, too, like, 
they'll be doing their economic. By the way, I don't watch Fox News. I only get this information from them from YouTube Shorts. So bear with me. But uh, it's it's really weird when you're listening to uh, maybe like a Fox News economic report, right? And everyone's bashing like this quote unquote Bidenomics stuff, right? And then you get the one commenter being like, um, actually, the economy on as a whole, as we using the the means and measurements that we have to actually measure how the economy is going, it's going really well. If you're you know post pandemic, you know like it, it's going. This is this is going well. Yeah, for being post the end of the world, you know, like the the metrics that yeah. we use to judge it, are they're fucking good. Yeah. Now it just goes. I it goes add, back to the whole. You know. Yeah, sure, the economy's good, but I prefer a red tie. Well, it just goes and, back to and that. That's the, well, well, it, and it kind of does go back to how our metrics for economic growth are are kind of limited. So. um you know, we have CPI, which is consumer, uh, consumer price index. We have GDP per capita, which are kind of the two tools that we use to figure out how how people are experiencing the economy, rather than how the health of the economy is on paper. But um, I, you know, I I wish we had better means to figure out like how individuals are doing, rather than the economy as a whole. Oh yeah, dude, I saw um there I I listened I was listening to a podcast the other day and they had an ad um for BP. And they were talking about like, yeah, do you, you know the BP? We actually added like eighty billion dollars to the economy this last year, like bragging. Yeah, because they're subsidized. Well, like a company adding money to the economy, quote unquote. That's what they said. That's how they phrased it. They added this much money to the economy with big finger quotes. Um, to me, it just sounds like they're bragging about making eighty billion dollars or however much it was. And they missed the 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 point that they're subsidized they they like for instance fracking right pound for pound it's it's not worth it it's not right. worth it for for oil companies to pump hundreds of millions or I, i'm not sure how many gallons of water it's an amount of water they pump it underground and it spits up some watery oil that they then refine into oil and then in gasoline etc cetera, etc cetera. basically give the That's earth an not- enema that kind of yeah that process isn't profitable and the just like animas shouldn't do them too often right but the only reason they 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 make a profit on that is because it's subsidized the government yeah. subsidizes that dude we pay for their so, profits right so like don't talk to me bp about how you add th- however many billions of dollars to the u.s economy yeah even like, if they weren't subsidized I, like is that something to brag about like any amount like if i open a business and i like sell some shit like that's adding money to the economy right like that that's not uh, yeah. like anything to go off of hey you that's know just we add- made a bunch of money and we're bragging about it now and you know what adds more to the economy when individuals have more of a disposable income so they can decide to buy more things. Yeah. That adds significantly more to the economy. Who'd have thunked it? By orders of magnitude. Um, and so I don't understand why businesses are bragging about like adding to the economy. I see uh, like states like California talking about how they, they are basically funding other states mm-hmm. to function because they're the fifth largest economy in the world. And so when they talk about it, I'm like, yeah, that's that's an example of good policy. Mm-hmm. 
don't don't know what to tell you good economic policy right there well like every Um, it seems like every few months a new study comes out showing that ubi works and it works well remind me what that is again universal basic income basically like they'll do these they'll Uh, do these like studies where like the freedom dividend from andrew yang yeah that's how he pitched it which i i think that's that's good rhetoric calling it that like it's good you're you're you know appealing to like you know freedom lovers and uh and and people that no words about stocks um but no like every so often they'll like local governments will like pick like a sample size and just give them a certain amount of money per month it's usually like 500 to a thousand dollars um but it's it's like a few hundred dollars a month and they find that every time every time i've heard of this it, it ends up showing very similar results people are able to get jobs easier because they're not like on the street struggling, they're able to get housing, of course, and you know they're they're just more able to you know pick themselves up, you know, by their bootstraps, if you will. Yeah. Turns out, if you give someone thing, bootstraps, they can lift them up. I would only put one prerequisite to like a freedom dividend sort of thing like that, which is that, and Can't I, buy I drugs. would argue this would, well, this would be paid for by the state, I would hope, but like going to like an economics class or a financial literacy class as well. Um, I think that would be great. Give them money and show them how to use it. Like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. No, something like that. Like, yeah, like financial literacy classes that should be free. That should just come with your being in America. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a damn shame that, I mean, it was an option for me in high school to do a financial literacy class. Um, the issue was, uh, I don't really know what the issue is. I don't know why I didn't take it. I just didn't, I just did an economics class. Um, and I think accounting to avoid doing calculus. But beyond that, I'm just lucky my dad did an internship with a with a investment thing yeah. when he was in college. And now he knows a lot about investing. So When you said that, I was imagining current day, your dad doing an internship. And I was like, that's not right. No, it was when he was in college. He was, in like he the, was younger. He was smaller. I think that <coughs> in the late 80s. When he was little. Yeah, he was my age. He was yeah. he was in his twenties, and uh, he did an internship. I forget if it was like with an investment thing or with an insurance company. I forget exactly what he was doing, but um, they taught him a lot about like, hey, like take if you get a raise and you are living comfortably right now, if you get a raise, take that extra money and just invest it because in ten years that'll be a free vacation. Right. Yeah, it would be really nice if there was some kind of like. Maybe there, maybe this is, maybe I'm describing something that already exists, but like just locally, like, like, um, like publicly available, like financial literacy resources like that. Again, a lot of, a lot of like local governments probably supply something like that, but I wouldn't be surprised if like a local library had like a financial literacy class that they put on. Dude, the library does so much. Yeah, they do. A lot of them like have like online services too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, shout out one of the like minimalist living channels that I've started watching, um, talked about how he like canceled all of his subscriptions and he just uses the library. Like they have like, like the, the <laughs> yeah. library has like a streaming <laughs> service where you can I, like in lieu of going there and like checking out a DVD, you can just like pull up a movie on their thing. If you have a library card. So actually I have a funny story about that. Yeah. So my school recently hosted, uh, uh, John green to come and speak. Um, oh, that's so and cool. I, yeah, and it's actually really funny. So I was in class and I was like, yeah, I really want to go to this, this John green's thing, this John green thing. And my teacher was like, I have an extra ticket ticket here. Just go. It was so cool. 
anyway, so I went there and I happened to be seated next to a librarian and I was talking about how it's annoying that like if you buy an, uh, uh, an audible subscription, you still have to buy like these, these credits that you then use to get books or whatever. And it's like super roundabout. And even with a subscription, it works like that. And she's yeah. just like, you know, the library has audiobooks and an app <laughs> that streams those yeah. audiobooks for free, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, called Libby. Yeah, there's what? so much out there. <laughs> Shout out Libby. There's so much stuff out there that like people just don't know about. And yeah. um, no, it, it would be nice, it, assuming it's not something that already exists, like publicly available, good financial literacy resources. Because I was going to say it's, you know, at least now with the internet, there's so much more like information out there and it's so much more readily accessible. But so much of it is just like, again, sludge. A lot of it is like Dave, Dave Ramsey telling poor people that they have a spending right, problem. Right. A lot of it is yeah. like, you know, Sigma grind set stuff. Some of it is just bad advice from people that don't know much. Right. And so, uh, and a lot, yeah. And going off of that last point too. So I, I don't always listen to Warren Buffett when it comes to economic stuff, but like a lot of what he says about um, how you should approach buying and selling stocks is really useful because a lot of people have this idea that you're going to buy a stock and it's going to take off. Um, and then when it gets to the top, you're going to sell. Mm. Right. And that's just generally unwise. You should be making investments on things that you hope to see rise over the next 50 years. Cause that's how you gain wealth. Right. right? Yeah. And so like, he's, he's talked about it like this in terms of like, you know, people say, Oh, you missed an opportunity to sell. Now your stock is all low. And he goes, no, my stock has just kind of fallen in value. It's going to go back up and it goes back up and they're like, wow, you made this much money. And he goes, no, it just came back up from the low. Yeah. It, it just, right. Yeah. It seems like another sort of example of, um, people online, like they tend to gamify stuff like that. Yeah. It's like yeah. going to the gym. They like min max, like their stats or whatever. They like, it's silly. It's yeah. like these people that eat like unseasoned chicken breast and rice and a little Tupperware thing. And, it and they measure gray. it out Is to the weird? calorie. Yeah. It always looks sickly. Yeah. And they're like, no, bro, this has the exact amount of calories and protein that I need. And I can do this exact number of reps and I'll gain, you know, this much mass. And it, yeah, it just goes back to like, if you're going to do stuff for your health, just do it so you can be healthier and feel better. Don't chase numbers. But also, like, it just seems like people gamify just stuff that should be, like, something that you do because you're a fucking human being. Like, you go to the right. gym but because I, you're a person that needs activity. You don't go to, like, maximize your stats like it's an RPG. And you don't, like, treat the, you know, your, your uh, you know, your personal wealth like it's, you know, like it's money in a video game. I would say, though, for the people who are like um, very observant on their habits or routines, uh, as far as like health and wellness is concerned, you know, if that's what makes you happy, like measuring out your chicken and weighing it and figuring out how much protein you need and how much water and how much uh, nutrients, whatever you need. If that makes you happy, then by all means. Absolutely. Uh, do, by all means. If that's what you want to do. And if that's the results, if the results that you're seeing are what you're looking for, by all means, live your best life. Yeah, it goes without um, saying, but I don't know if they're um, enjoying it. You know, it's to me, it's a difference between um, people who are trying to figure it out and figure out how it works for them versus the people who are trying to make money off of you. So if someone's telling you, if someone's telling you, like, for instance, that Warren Buffett anecdote I 
I came with. He's not telling you what to buy. He's just telling you how to how to strategize, right? Yeah. How to think about it. Um, but the people who are like, here's what you need to be rich. You need to buy my thing. Yeah. And you need to write like come the fu- shut the fuck up. No. Buy uh, my book you, about how to get rich, and then you open up the book, and it just says, "Write a book on how to get rich and sell it for a hundred dollars." Right, right, right. So you know, but uh, but that does why, add money to the economy. So you know, they're doing a good thing. They're doing a service, really. Right. Well, that's why I like that one Dave Ramsey bit where he's talking about landlords and how if you think you can just buy a building and have it pay for yourself, you're a fucking idiot. Right. Um, he's not telling you what to do. He's just saying if that's your if that's your prerogative, it's just not going to work. That's just not how that business works. Yeah, no, you're you're opening yourself up to like theft and like vandalism and and shit happens. Yeah, shit happens, shit happens and you're opening yourself up to happens. lawsuits. Yeah, like if you're an yeah. absentee landlord, um, and like some shit breaks in a house that you're renting out, and you don't fix it, like you're you're opening yourself up for legal trouble. Right. And then you're right. going to have to pay so, even more in damages. So, right. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is all to say something. Yeah. Also, don't be a landlord unless, yeah. unless you want to, I guess. Mm-hmm. Unless, unless you feel landlord, like it. If it's for, be a landlord, but for um, storage units. Yeah. I, it's not as sleazy. It's just, it's, it's just stuff. It's not if like. If you need a storage unit, like just. Just sell some some things. Sell your stuff. <laughs> you sound like my, you sound like my mom. <laughs> just, just sell. My dad's big on buying stuff, and like he puts it all in the garage. And my mom's like, "There's too much shit in here. Sell right. it." And he's like, "No, we'll get a storage unit." My mom's like, "I'm not paying for a goddamn storage unit see, for your I, shit." I hate I hate to say it, but I see both sides. Um, no, I'm kind of in between that. Like, I like collecting things i have like a few collections going of just stuff that i right. find neat i'm gonna talk about it later in recommendations but i ordered an yeah. ipod and that's a whole world in and of itself but like it it's the way that i look at it is like you if you're gonna collect something do it with purpose like if you mm-hmm. want like if, if you want to get into like collecting ipods or like game boy stuff which is another thing i I'm collect into. coins yeah, like I'm not going to be yeah. like the person that has like a bin full of Game Boys. Like I have a couple, like right. I have uh, I have a Game Boy Pocket, a Game Boy Color and a Game Boy Advance. Um, and I have like the the Advance SP. That's that's more like, you know, if I want to pick up a Game Boy Pocket, I have one and I can play it. I don't need every color of Game Boy Pocket. You know, I just feel like some people go overboard and they just collect to collect. It's kind of sad. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I'm like that's that's all anything. to say. If I ever have to buy a storage unit to put my stuff in, just just take me out back. Let me watch the sunset and just fucking kill me. <laughs> that's what my dad says about getting um, dementia. Like, if <laughs> I get dementia, yeah, actually though, oh, that's also like, what I say I get- about getting dementia. No. Yeah, for me, says, goes, okay, not for anyone goes, else. He says if I get dementia or Alzheimer's, uh, lead pipe right here. Don't miss. <laughs> you know what? You know what would be a great response to that what she'd be like dad that's the eighth time you've told me that (laughs) Uh, have you seen those those uh those videos it's like um here are 10 signs that you have alzheimer's forgetting (laughs) things that you recently said number number one forgetting things that you recently said yeah number two forgetting things that you recently said number one forgetting things that you recently <laughs> said here's how you here are 10 signs that you have alzheimer's yeah. number two forgetting things that you recently said 
at least you're not forgetting Freddy Fazbear. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> so, shut up. <laughs> no, continue. Cause, if it cause makes if you happy, cause, continue. Cause if you're at FNAF at Freddy's, um, you gotta, you gotta check the security cameras. And if you don't, then, uh, Freddy five bear will go or, 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 and, um, you can't forget about him because he'll, um, he's in free roam, which is where he walks around, uh, Freddy five bear. And, uh, if you don't, if you forget about him, he'll, he'll, he'll murder you. So yeah, don't, um, sir, this is a Wendy's. Don't forget. I would love to see that guy in front of Congress. Yeah. Anyway, that's what we were talking about. That that's Sir, that's where this com- from. Any you have any any uh, connection with the commun- the Chinese Communist Party? I don't know, but it's nothing like Freddy Five Bear. <laughs> no, that guy. He literally did a sir. This is a Wendy's. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Remember, Do you have teacher, teacher have you ever applied for be- Chinese citizenship? No, I'm Singaporean. <laughs> Sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> Sir, this is a wet. Oh, dude, I would totally uh, say that in front of Congress, just uh, just as like a just like as a as a meme, just like. Sir, have you ever uh, applied for Chinese citizenship? Sir, this is a Wendy's. Ten signs you have dementia. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's such uh, a relatable moment, though. When Tom Cotton mm-hmm. was like, you know, he, it was his turn to question this guy to grill him and i i just was it tom cotton i i believe so that okay. he was the he was the the chinese citizenship guy i just i know like i can tell he had a month to come up with like his oh, yeah. you know his questions and then he just right away he was like oh yeah i'll get this guy like yeah he's chinese yeah. look at him i'll get him on that i'll accuse him of being a chinese spy and working with the communists to try to like radicalize american culture or something um and then i'll you know i'll get him i'll ask if he's chinese and he'll say yes of course because look at him and then you know i'll you know they'll bring out a crown and they'll put it on me and then i'll, I'll get my i'll get my media moment now, and then one say, question um, in one question he's like are you chinese and the guy's like no i'm from singapore he's like fuck shit i have to Fucking ask the rest panic. of these god damn it are you sure you haven't applied for citizenship are you going to you're gonna be so great if you have you thought of it he reaches under his desk he's like are you are you chinese he's like no i'm from singapore well funny enough i have this 23 and me kit (laughs) i got the dna of the first asian man that i saw this morning (laughs) and it shows that you're from china it shows that you're from the region of asia (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> it shows that you had ancestors that may have been chinese see it feels like for a while there we got past you know people being able to just look at someone and be like yeah you're you're chinese you're uh um, you're a traitor to this country or whatever um or like you know being able to just like assume what country you're from and being way off like i feel like feel like we got past that for a while, but we've just regressed back to like, you look a little squinty. Are you sure you're not a communist? Right. We, well, you we've know, I would go as far as TikTok is concerned. I would go as far as to say there are some security concerns with this, uh, like uh, misinformation and disinformation coming from Russia and China. But that's a, that's a, uh, 
That's uh, an industry-wide thing. That's that's, a, that's, that's on a, Facebook that's a, too. Right, but that's also a systematic issue, right? It has nothing to do with the ethnicity of the CEO. That's right. So, yeah. I shut the fuck up, Tom Cotton is my point. <laughs> yeah, if you're worried about China getting our data from TikTok, you should be more worried about them buying it on the open marketplace which they can and do. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah, Tom Cotton do anyway. better. You need to do yeah. better, Senator. I I did want to mention one other thing. So Shanghai, I think it's Shanghai. They're uh they're begging the US to like basically like um to tank their their Wall Street, their uh their fucking their, their economy. economy. Because uh so the Chinese has like a command economy, so they kind of dictate how the their their version of Wall Street goes. Yeah, supply right? and command. They their stock market, right? They dictate how that goes. The issue is it's tanking and they're not doing a good job at it. And Oof. so it all these investors in China are like are like, hey America, can we just have US citizenship, please? <laughs> can, can you can we have US citizenship or can you please tank our our um our uh just fucking our, kill our us thing. Right. And uh, it, this is all happening while, like, allegedly, Chinese news media is trying to t- say, like, oh, our economy is fine, but every single metric is showing that it's not. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Uh, no, I want to f- I want to find um, I actually want to pull up the um, for the, the record. I got that from Philip DeFranco's sh- uh, shorts channel. Shout so, out Philip DeFranco, friend of the show. Actually, his his stuff is accurate. So I, you know. All right, I'm That's looking it. up um, Singapore Congress something something. I think I think this is the one that I looked at. This is um, I wanted to uh, to pull this up because is it, like is, was that is it weird that I I didn't know that like I just never thought of the fact that people from Singapore are called Singaporean. That does feel like like, like that, that feels like that. like I I would best know that guess. but. At what the word right. is supposed to be. Right, right. It's like Michiganian. So, yeah, I'm I, wanted, gander. I wanted to play the whole clip and I'll share my screen real quick um, because, yeah, there's the funny part that like everyone shared all over um, about like, yeah, you from China? No, I'm from Singapore. Um, but I wanted to play the rest of it because I like kind of like after, you know, the big boom of this, I was like okay let's see like the whole thing of this and um yeah just I'll, as I'll you often it. say that you I'm, listening. I'm just gonna grab a drink what real nation quick are you a citizen right. singapore are senator. you a citizen of any other nation no senator have you ever applied for chinese citizenship senator i serve my nation I'm in asked, singapore I, no I, I did not do you have a singaporean passport Yes, and I served my military for two, two and a half ha- years in Singapore. Do you have any other? Do you have any other passports from any other nations? No, Senator. Your wife is an American citizen. Your children are American citizens. That's have correct. You, have you ever applied for American citizenship? Not, no, not yet. Okay. Have you ever been a member of the Chinese Communist Party? Senator, I'm Singaporean. No. <laughs> have you ever been associated uh, or affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party? No, Senator. Again, okay. I'm Singaporean. Let me ask you some hopefully simple questions. Ah, that's not it. That's not the one. Well, and it's funny because he because then. Cotton goes on to say, like, oh, let me ask you some hopefully simple questions. Yeah, those were simple questions, and he gave you simple answers, because it's about as, like, clear-cut as that is. Right. You know? Like, fuck's sake. There was a longer... I I just had I just had it in my head what the... There was, like, a next part 
But I just cannot for the life of me remember. So you said today, as you often say, that you live in Singapore. Of what nation are you a citizen? <laughs> Singapore. Yeah. Any other passport? <laughs> Have you ever applied for? That's so funny how he's just like, you said you're a, na- you're a citizen of Singapore. What citizen are you nation of? Yeah. <laughs> Singapore. I said it. Why are we reiterating this? Oh, anyway. Now, there was a bit that I was trying. I, I remembered it. I had it in my head. And what happened? I, in I, that, in well, the bit that- I thought that was. Well, now I'm trying to remember. I thought that was the clip where it, like there's like the funny bit that everyone talks about. Then there's like like a, a, a tail end bit that like kind of gets more to like the meat of it. But I, I don't know where. I don't know. Anyway, that's lost to the ether forever. So anyway, yeah. Tom Cotton, do better. You need to do better, Senator. That's my Captain just, America speech to uh, the government. From the, that was coming from the same guy who um, actively advocated for the overthrow of the U.S. government. So yeah, didn't he? So, was he the guy that did the like, like the power fist? He did like that the, was Tom Holly. Tom Holly. No, the J- Josh Holly. Josh Holly. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember that. That's from way back. I remember. Um, yeah. Yeah. When you were when you were talking about uh, Tom Holly, and I was like, "Are you sure you're not talking about Tom Holland?" <laughs> yeah, actor. By the way, British actor yeah. Tom Holland supported <laughs> the January sixth insurrection. <laughs> For the record, that is a joke. If it's not already clear, don't sue us, Tom Holly. Oh, or uh, for Tom Holland. Tom you know Holland. what I mean. Friend of the show. Damn it. Friend of the show. Personal friend of mine. Personal friend and i can say that because of the first amendment okay so don't go after me (laughs) that is true (laughs) i'm allowed to make the false claim i'm allowed to do that that i'm friends with tom holland which is true okay i'm allowed to make that false claim no you want it you're just you i like that you acknowledge that it's a false claim yeah but i'm allowed Uh, to acknowledge yeah the false claim that it is true that i am friends with tom holland yeah no, you want to know? You want to know a funny uh, story that I remember from the filming? You sound of, like Fox uh, News now. Uh, I, I'm just saying it's it's because of wokeness. Now, supposedly, uh, in preparation for Spider-Man: Homecoming, Tom Holland was sent to like an American high school. I guess they can just enroll you. I guess they can just put you in there, just as like a bit. Wait, as like a 25 year old? Well, he was like. He was like in his early 20 or he was like 19 or 20 at the time. Okay. Still weird, but like not as weird as it would be now, whatever. But um, supposedly they put him in the school and people were like, what's the deal with the new kid? You know, and I guess he was doing like his American voice and like it was during class. Uh, like, I guess some girl like was like, hey, so like, what's what's going on? What's, what's, what's your deal? What's your deal? And he was like, well, if I'm honest, you know, in his little voice that he does, um, well, if I'm honest, uh, I'm actually preparing for a movie. I'm going to play Spider-Man in it. And she was like, okay, fucking keep your secrets, whatever. Okay, don't tell me what your deal is. That was strategically wise, Tom Holland. (laughs) (laughs) I know if you're ever in that kind of ridiculous situation and someone asks what you're doing, just say what you're doing and then they'll assume that you're like, you're fucking with them. You're just fucking bullshitting. Yeah. And you can keep keep your conscience clear too. I love that. 
I still think it's great that uh, Tom Holland, the British actor, played Spider-Man. And in the second movie, uh, they go to Europe and it's like a big like, oh, I'm going to a new place. And it's the actor's backyard. Yeah, I was born here. Oh, I was born here. Oh, I was born here, innit? (laughs) Oh, bruv, I was born here, innit? That was terrible. I'm so sorry. Oh, bruv, it's me, Tom Holland. Uh, My friends just call me Tommy Ollie. Shout out Weekly Planet. Anyway, yeah, Congress do better. Uh, We watched a movie this week. Boy, how I watched a movie this week. You watched it fucking whenever you watched it. Yeah, we watched uh, Star Wars. Uh, I watched Star. You watched Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. I just watched Star Wars. Um, No, I watched the despecialized edition. My strategy going into this rewatch is I'm just going to pretend this is a new series, and I'm I'm just dumping all knowledge of Star Wars, and just kind of getting like a more like pure like like looking at this movie for what it is. And I thought that was, I thought that was pretty fun. Um, so you were saying that a, while, a little while ago you were rewatching the whole um, the whole franchise. Uh, looking back on this movie, uh, what were your impressions? So um, I so when I originally had watched um, the whole series, I I'd, I'd watched it from uh, the prequels in the prequel order. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, like episode one, two, three, four, five, yeah. six. So and the holiday special, honest, of course. When I yeah yeah of course uh, <laughs> when I got to a new hope I was like wow the quality dropped off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, all jokes aside, um, it uh, having the context of like the prequel stuff really helps place context into the into New Hope. If you're watching it like as they watched it in the 70s, um, it's very like it's it's a great uh, plot and a very intriguing narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, that keeps your brain itching. Like it, it just it, like certain things about Darth Vader are just like, like I don't fucking know, right? Yeah. Like certain, like why is he in a suit? I don't fucking know. Why does he talk like that? I don't fucking know. Is he a robot? I don't fucking know. Um, if he's a robot, why does he have air vents? I don't fucking yeah. know, right? And so, um, Darth Vader's the big bad, right? He's the big bad, and he got to be he. You know, he's got to be taken out, but they keep on mentioning this this emperor. So I guess there's a guy above him, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like all that is just super intriguing, and then you add on to that, um, like the Jedi Order, and like or not even the Jedi Order, just the concept of Jedi's in general, right? Right, and you see this this Jedi, old Jedi in a desert, and you're like, okay, yeah, he's just some old guy who whips around a lightsaber or something, da 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 da, um, and I would say, especially with Obi-Wan Kenobi's background, uh, the prequels really added a lot of, uh, of, uh, um, substance to his character because you know, he's, he's actually a council member, Jedi master who can fuck you up. Right. Right. As far as Obi-Wan goes, like his characterization, like they definitely make him a lot more like, I don't know if humanized is the right word, but a lot more like I don't know if sympathetic is the right word either, but like you you feel a lot more laid back. Yeah. No, you just get like more of a sense that like, yeah, this is a good guy, you know, whereas like Ben Kenobi is kind of like, okay, what's this guy? Like, you know, he's just some old guy that I guess lives near where Luke lives 
And he very quickly is like, wow, Luke, you should become a Jedi and help me fight. Help me overthrow the government. Have you thought about joining organized religion? Have you thought about joining (laughs) the rebel army? Right, right. Um, Yeah. So I would say like with the background of the prequels, it's like, oh, he's laid back because he knows his mission is almost over. Right. He's he not only had to protect Luke for what two decades in a desert um but now but he also had to worry about getting him on board with being a jedi right and so now he's in this movie right and he's finally accomplished that luke told him i want to be a jedi like my father and he's like great mission accomplished all we have to do is get to uh what is it what uh leia's home alderaan uh alderaan we need to get to alderaan and we'll be ship shape and then, I mean, hijinks ensues, ensues of course, but, um, you know, wh- if you're watching this just as a new hope on its own without prequel context, it's, um, it's kind of, it does kind of happen quick. It's like, why does this, how does the old guy know Luke so well? Right. And they kind of just, they, they unfold that later on in the series. Well, I, I think but, the, the beauty of this movie in particular is like, you can go in like not you know, obviously you don't need the prequels as a prerequisite because it came out before them. Uh, so you can just kind of fill in the blanks and it's simple enough that, you know, it's not really that intriguing, like how Luke knows Ben Kenobi and vice versa. It's just kind of like, yeah, it's the old guy that lives down the street. You know, we all know him and we, we know he's there. No one really talks to him, kind of keeps to himself. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's just, it's kind of simple. It's that kind of thing. And like, you don't know yet, like what the deal is with Luke's dad. Like you don't know that he was a Jedi at first. Like obviously Ben, you know, tells him and um, yeah, it's just kind of like you, it's, it's whatever your imagination tells you with, you know, the given details. And I, I think what makes this movie great is you have like the balance of George Lucas wanting to map out every intricate detail of the universe and everyone else around him being like, okay, but like we got to make a movie, right? Like you can That's tell the other thing. Like, every, even- every like bit of detail in this movie, like it feels like there is a backstory. It just hasn't been told yet. And that, and I was just about to say that too. Like when they're in the cantina, like I know it's just a cantina and there's like a like a, a paper mache fucking uh prime mantis like in there. But like also I get the keen impression that like every character here has a story. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Every character has a reason for being there, right? right. And uh, you know, I, I think it really it really this movie planted really fertile ground to to build a larger story and a larger narrative as a franchise, which I, which was always his plan. That was George Lucas's plan, right? Mm-hmm. That's what he wanted to do, which I think he, he executed well. Um, I think his wife who I, I learned did edit the, a, a new hope and, and made saved it, like, it and saved it and yeah. saved it. Like right? that was going to be I a would, bad movie. Right. Right. And you know, I, I would love to say that, Oh, George Lucas had it all mapped out. He knew exactly what he wanted to do. I mean, he knew he what he wanted to do. He did just, not. He, he, I would say he knew what he wanted to do. He didn't know how to do it. Well, I he, he knew his, what he wanted to wife, do, but he didn't know what he was going to want to do tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like every, yeah, right, right. That, that's what I mean. Like every bit of like lore is mapped out in these movies. It, you know, we just haven't seen the story be told yet, but 
um yeah it, it just kind of it changes a lot of it gets like changed between movies so there's like some inconsistencies like you know luke uh like darth vader wasn't gonna be anakin skywalker luke skywalker's father in this movie like that wasn't the plan yet um and then he decided like george lucas decided you know it'd be really cool if we revealed that you know darth vader was actually anakin skywalker and so you got to kind of retrofit like the you know what what happens in a new hope you got to find a reason why obi-wan doesn't you know doesn't tell him the truth why he says what he says that's how we get like you know from a certain point of view that's how we get that moment right but no there's Uh, there's a story to all of it um and i i think that's yeah like to to what what you're saying about like the uh the edit yeah he needed other people to be like okay but let's trim this down a bit like yeah the lore is there but we don't need to like say it and if, like, if you need a keen example of like this not being entirely George Lucas's mind brainchild, um, look at the 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 prequels, right? Like, right, yeah, that was all George Lucas. That was all George Lucas. Yeah, no um, one was. No one had the balls to say like, so. What? Why? Why is Jar Jar? Why is Jar Jar? Also, how did we get from like introducing? Uh, a Sith Lord and a hangar bay to suddenly Anakin's in space fighting a battle. How did that happen? Like, I know how you made it happen. I just don't understand that happened way too quickly. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's some <clears throat> contrived bits. Yeah. It's, it, it is and definitely a better was, franchise. Well, it right. It's like poetry. Um, no, it's a better franchise when, uh, when you can get like fresh perspectives in there. Um, but yeah, no, beautiful movie. Um, I think when I watched this, like as a kid, like I, I grew up with the entire Star Wars franchise, like the prequels and the original trilogy. Same, um, same. Because you know, I just happened to become conscious, like right at the tail end of when the prequels were coming out. So, like I, like my most formative years of of like knowing Star Wars, like I knew it as like you know episode one, two, three, four, five, six. <clears throat> but um. Yeah, so like going back to episode four always felt like just kind of boring. Like the plot is like kind of simple, which works as, you know, a standalone movie that you have never seen before. Like it's kind of a slow burn at first and you get like a slow exposure to this very interesting world. But when you've just gotten finished with, you know, three prequels, maybe you watched Solo, maybe you watched Rogue One. Going back to this, it does feel very like, okay, like, yeah, I get it. It's Tatooine. We've been here like five times at this point. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's why I, that's, I knew that was how I saw it before. So that's kind of why I went into it. Like, okay, I'm going to vault all information relating to Star Wars lore and just enjoy this for what it is. I do want to say something that may be risky to say. Oh no. Oh no. What did they do this time? What did, what did the, what did that, what did, what did the Jews do? What's he going to say? <laughs> What's he? Um, I do think some of the edits that were made, um, later on to a new hope were, were beneficial. Um, such as, one. such as the, um, that, uh, cinematic shot of Mos Eisley. Like when you're just looking at the city, mm. the whole city, like from, an, from, alert from up high um i think that was really good scene because it really expands your kind of brain space for what what this 
context looks like, right? Um, I liked that. I think it was a good like a good way to show like, oh, suddenly they're in this like desert town called Mos Eisley. It's just a hallway and a bar. Okay. Yeah. Right. I liked I liked having that cinematic. Um, I don't think all the edits were good. I think it kind of took away from the from the charm of the original. Yeah, I watched um, the despecialized edition, which yeah, if you if you feel like it, look into it. It's a, a good version. Um, it's as close as we can get to the theatrical cut. Um, but yeah, no, we watched wildly different versions, arguably different movies. Um, I watched the untainted. Okay. Reconstruction of the original vision. You watched the McCl- the McClunky version where the guy says so McClunky. I, 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 I watched the version where Han Solo has a whole discussion with Jabba the Hutt in a, in a, um, a fucking, what is it? In the like hangar. In the hangar bay. Right. And he goes up to this CGI, shitty CGI, um, Job of the Hut, which by the way, go back to that and re-edit it. We have better editing s- techniques now. And well, we you know what the problem make is. That better. The problem what? is one. I mean, it's if you're if you're uh, if you're on a budget, like there's only so much you can do without spending a bunch of time and money. But also, uh, we're working with footage from the 1970s of a dude talking to another dude, and we're somehow trying to turn that into a dude talking to a slug, right? And but making that, it blend well. That. They were redoing that in the 2000s, though. Like, yeah. No, I've like seen a compilation 2010s. of like the different versions of that scene. And I, it's just like if George Lucas could have chosen a time to re like touch up the the original series, the original movies, um, he chose the wrong decade. Right. Yeah. Um, because now we have better. I, I just, in my opinion, a lot of the like uh, like the animal and like the alien animations they had like in the desert look shit they look shitty they look like they were made for a ps1 and they weren't needed none of these edits were necessary right but they can be pulled off now right they can but that doesn't mean you should like do do we need especially if you're like a person spending your own money like do you need to like pour resources into uh having the same scene but with a big old cgi beast in it i don't know if that's really worth it but as if far it as works, the, it works. I, yeah, I guess. I just don't think it's it's really warranted. I just don't. I just don't think they got the digital effects right. Yeah, That's my thing. That's my gripe. Well, I just I I think once you start getting to the point where you're like editing in individual animals into a forty year old movie, like just like where do you end? I but like there were some additives that I thought were also good. So like um I. I, I'm not sure if it was in this movie or in the in the later movies, but like they had some scenes in the original cuts of like maybe like a hangar and on a Imperial Star Destroyer with like twelve soldiers in a line, and they were able to edit that to make it like look like a hundred soldiers in a line, right? And it really emphasizes the number of troops they have on this on this Star Destroyer. Yeah. I think that would be a great edit. I think that would be great. There was something uh, like it, that in a new hope, uh, like in the, uh, in the original cut when Han Solo is like chasing the stormtroopers down the hall and he like right, comes yeah. to the room. Yeah. In the original version, it's just like, it's like seven guys. And then yeah. in the special edition, it's like a room, like a hangar full of these guys all right. you know lined up in a grid. That's, 
that's not a bad edit. But yeah, as far as like the Jabba scene goes, where he's talking to Jabba outside the Falcon, right? That's just yeah. one. You're not going to make it look good, and two, it, it you don't need that scene in the movie. There's a reason it got cut. Yeah, it, it tells yeah. you information I, that you just found out and could already piece together. Right. Exactly. Um, and honestly, it's like kind of a subplot that you don't need the specifics on. Um, yeah, we don't because, need to know how much money Han owes Jabba. Right. Or like why he owes Jabba money. He's a he's a smuggler. and We all know smugglers go to Jabba. Well, like, like Greedo this is like, understood. Greedo um, alluded to why Han owes him money because he, he dumped some cargo on a, on a, on a smuggling run. Oh, and he he tells you just enough that you get it. You're like, oh yeah, he right. He had a load of spice or whatever, and he had to dump it because the cops were there. I get it. I don't need to know any more than that to enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, I love that. Um, you know, uh, Han isn't a cold blooded killer. You know, uh, Greedo shot first. And, right. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember that. I don't remember Greedo the, shooting. Okay. Right. So, and here's the thing. That is a very That's, controversial point of contention in the fandom. So yeah. where I'm, I'm putting you on record right now. Where do you stand yeah. on Han shooting first, which is what happened? I dislike it. I dislike it. Wait, which, uh, what what you, do you dislike? I dislike, um, I dislike Greedo shooting first. I do not okay. like that for multiple reasons. If you're talking on just like a, as you're watching it, so you're saying Han sense? did shoot first. You are yes. on the correct Cano- side of history. Yes, but canonically, no. Um, so canonically, you know, it's I'm whatever watching- George Lucas decided this morning. Sure, whatever. But anyway, you know when Greedo shoots, shoots the like the plasma bolt is like on a completely different angle than his gun is pointing. Yeah. Um, I, that, so is, that hits me wrong. Is the current um, version on Disney Plus? Is that the one where like they like move Han's head in like a weird way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like I I don't like that scene because uh it's something that is is more metacognitive on behalf of the the viewer and you don't need to spell it out. Like this is just the context of what Han works in of people who are willing to kill other people because of profit or because of smuggling or because of right. a grudge or because of he's a drug trafficker. Basically, he is quite literally yeah, a drug he's trafficker. A smuggler. He is literally a smuggler. Right. So these are not like top quality people. Yeah. Right? He, he's the and space so, equivalent of like a guy driving cocaine across the border. Right. And so, you know, I, I don't mind a universe where Han shot first. Cause I'm sure Han shot first for a damn good reason. That dude has a body count in both senses. Sure. That, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. That's who that's who. Yeah. He also fucks a lot. Yeah, probably. Yeah. has both Not kinds like of Captain body Kirk count. though. Yeah. No, he, yeah. Who do you think, uh, at, from a woman's perspective, who do you think would be the least satisfying to sleep with Han Solo or Captain Kirk? Because either way, you're not coming. The least satisfying, I would say, is probably Captain Kirk. I I feel like Kirk uh, probably won't make you come, but Han will try not to make you come. Kirk will think he made you come. Kirk will think that he made you come. Han Solo does not respect you as a woman. I feel like I feel like Han Solo sees it as as transactional. So he's yeah. like, yeah, I'll get my rocks off. And because I want to continue to get my rocks off, I'll get your rocks off. Yeah. I got you out of the Death Star. Just come on, touch it. Come on. Come on. Come on. You want to see my purple heart? Come on. I got blue balls. 
You're going to give me blue balls. That's a real medical condition. Don't look it up. You know, wouldn't it be funny if instead of uh, Han looking at Luke and saying, do you think a princess like her would ever be interested in a guy how, like me? How, of, how much? As, how much do you think? How much? How much money? How much? How much <laughs> do you think I could afford? Do, do you, what do you, uh, you think? I, wouldn't it be funny if, it, if he was like, hey, you think she'd fuck me? What if, <laughs> what if he Borat voice said, how much? Uh, how much for her to be my wife? <laughs> Uh, no, that is basically how he looks at Leia. Uh. Yeah, but I like his character arc through the through the three movies because it goes it, it kind of between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. It's like um, it's kind of back and forth. He's like, I could do this rebellion thing, but I don't know where they're going with this. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing with this. I have this debt to pay, and if this rebellion thing doesn't work out, I still have this debt to pay. I think I'm a terrorist so, if I join them. <laughs> I'm doing political I mean, action the, and you know, at violence. Least the Empire, at least with the Empire, the trains run on time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, no, you know I don't what? know what trains are, but anyway. Luke Skywalker <laughs> blows up a, uh, a military base with prisoners on it. There's no way Leia was the only prisoner. Um, but no, Han shooting Greedo is what people uh, what people worry about. Um, at, at least as far argue, as like not wanting Han to shoot first. I mean, you know, I would argue that it's not uh, the rebellion's fault for uh... careful, careful with what you say about that because the real life implications. Uh, either way, no matter it's a where movie you about space, wizards! no matter where you space stand on wizards, that. Alex! You're making it's an implicit about judgment about wizards. real life political violence. What are you on about? It is a political movie. It is a deeply political movie. It's At not least, a fucking documentary, though. Like, good yeah, God. and all right, all right. Plug your ears. This is going to just be between me and the media literate audience. Uh, no matter where oh, you stand you. on the rebels blowing up the Death Star, uh, no matter what position you take, you are taking a stance on 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 terrorism uh, ostensibly. Because um, either you're anti blowing up the Death Star, in which case uh, you're in favor of the the Death Machine military base still standing, uh, or you're in favor of uh, of of blowing up uh, uh, military political targets that may or may not have innocent people in them. I want to bring up some key points. One, the Death Star never existed. Also, uh, Han, Luke, and Leia never existed. Also, Chewbacca and his entire species never existed. Also, the Empire and the be- the Republic before that never existed. Not that I want to relitigate also, this. The Rebellion and everyone who worked for the Rebellion and all the motives that they had for working for the Rebellion never existed. Not, not it's a I, movie about space wizards, Alex. Not that I want to relitigate this, but fiction can have real things to say about real life, don't you know? And also, uh, metaphors exist. And? And so, it, it's a very political franchise. George Lucas has talked at length about the real-life inspirations for the events of the movies. Um, and? And it's very reductive, and it stifles the conversation when you go off about how it's just a movie about space wizards, so it couldn't possibly have any political messages. And? And? Is that it? And? 
I mean, it's reductive to, uh, I think it's equally reductive to take real world events and compare them to Star Wars. I don't think it is. At least I as far as is. talking about a movie goes, as far as media I, yeah, analysis yeah. goes. Because to me, it's just a movie about space wizards. Okay, yeah, if you want to limit uh, your analysis to just that, fine, be my guest. Well, like, if you want to, I'm you trying to limit international I'm things to, to Star Wars, then I'm sure. trying to have a grown-up conversation about a movie with uh, with lightsabers and and uh, and the Force and a questionable old man that drives a boy into terrorism. <laughs> I think it's funny that um, uh, Family Guy, Star Wars, um, they made uh, Obi Wan a a, a pedophile i think that's funny yeah i feel like that's the go-to like i don't want to say hack joke but hack joke about obi-wan in these movies Ooh, he's a pedophile yeah wow what an, uh, what, uh, an original spin on this character yeah. yeah yeah wow the old the single old man in a movie is uh he's a pedophile wow you know what I like about Obi-Wan, though? Like, whenever he, he runs into a conflict, he tries to de-escalate it in, like, the most polite way possible. Yeah. You know, he, like, he has guy, a strong, like, I've been through this shit energy. Right, I've been through this shit, and I don't want to go through it again, so let's try to figure, that, figure it out, mm-hmm. right? And, like, like, for instance, when the two guys in the bar, like, uh, he's, like, talking to Luke, and he's like, my friend doesn't like you. And Luke is like, I'm sorry about that. And he goes, I don't like you either. <laughs> and Obi-Wan steps in and he goes, gentlemen, please. I'm, my friend meant no, no offense. Let me buy you two a drink and it'll, we'll be fine. I, that was very polite of him to do. It didn't really de-escalate, but the guys attacked him anyway. So, yeah. but at least he tried. At least he tried. In a cordial way. In a very cordial way of being like, hey, instead of getting angry, let's just have a drink. Yeah. Um, now, speaking of the uh, the the cantina uh, bit, do you think? Because I hadn't really thought of this until this viewing. Do you think Obi Wan had the money to pay Han Solo? Because he's he's promising some big amounts. Well, he's like, he all right, I'll give you it. two thousand now and fifteen when we get there. Uh, I fully believe he was going to ask Leia for the money when they got there. Like, that's what the, I thought. By yeah, the way, that's what I, I kind of too. promised this guy a, a lot of money. I promised this guy a blowjob. Yeah, uh, from you. No, that's that is definitely the vibe that I get from this this uh, iteration of Obi Wan Kenobi. He's just a bullshitter. Suck dicks for the force. He, he's a prime bullshit artist. Yeah. Um, I don't think if he tried to pay for those drinks that the credits would go through, but if they did go through, it would definitely like tip off the empire. Like, Hey, we have some old Republic credits. Um, they say property of Obi-Wan Kenobi. (laughs) It's coming from a visa master to the care of the Jedi temple. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, I don't know. It's funny. Like the fucking old Jedi temple gets an invoice from fucking Moss Eisley. Just like, hey, this guy spent uh, twenty dollar, twenty credits in uh, in drinks and Tatooine. It's one of your guys, Obi Wan Kenobi. No, uh, you know it'd be great if it came back like a like a credit report or like a like a like a credit card um, invoice, like addressed to the Jedi Temple. Just kind of gets forwarded to Palpatine because he's like the guy in charge. Um, I I would like to think that if he did like keep getting invoices for purchases that Obi-Wan makes on Tatooine. He just assumes someone got his card. I think it would be funny if he some hoodlum 
stole Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi's credit card. And he keeps using it I to buy death sticks. And he keeps, I think really... There's a, there's 2000 credits going to a hand solo. I don't, that must be a sex thing. <laughs> that sounds like a porn name. <laughs> yeah. It's not really subtle. Right. Um, I think it'd be funny if the emperor knew it's Obi-Wan, but he just doesn't care anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's just like, we killed all of them. I don't know what he's going to do about that. Uh, whatever. He just wants to drink. He's on a te- desert island, desert planet. Yeah. I don't know why he's there. He's just there. No, you know what? That is another thing um, that I that I noticed on this viewing. Um, it, it, it seems like in later Star Wars media, they really lay it on thick just how strong of a stranglehold the Empire has on like these territories like you know in the obi-wan show when it is like you know when it's thought that there might possibly be a jedi somewhere around here they send like the inquisitors and they do like like a, like a town roundup and they're like yeah so you got any you got any here we'd like to kill them please i will mention though during those times it was like right after the the Republic had fallen and they were still underway with the Jedi purge. Like they did order 66, but that was like the beginning of the Jedi purge. Well, no, what I'm talking about during the Obi-Wan show, that was like 10 years after order 66. Well, right. But like the events of, um, of a new hope were like 20 years after that, weren't they? No, like 10 years. There's like, there's about 20 years between, um, uh, the end of Revenge of the Sith and the start of this one. Um, and the Obi-Wan show is like right in the middle of that. I mean, I would argue in 10 years, the Empire effectively like got most of the Jedi to a point where it's like they're no longer a priority. I guess. Yeah. And that is kind of how they've retconned it. But my point is that there's like a whole different sort of vibe around like the Jedi and like being a Jedi in this. Like it feels like they're setting up a world where like yeah the jedi aren't really around anymore but it's more like it just kind of just kind of fell out of favor like not a lot of people really believe in the force anymore like maybe it was kind of stamped out systematically but mm-hmm. you know it's well wh- whereas in like in current star wars media it's like very like holocaust like it's very like if they sniff any amount of force sensitivity like you're fucking done well right um i th- I really attribute that to like Tatooine's on the outer rim. And even during the Republic era, they weren't seeing a lot of Jedi. Like they weren't seeing yeah. a lot of, a lot of like people or resources coming in from the Republic. Um, and so, you know, as so far as the existence of Jedi are concerned after the Jedi purge, I think what probably happened was they weren't seeing Jedi to begin with. And after Jedi purge, they were just like, Oh, they must've not really existed. Or if they did exist, it was just some like fucking who we like, right. Weird magical shit that does, that didn't actually exist. Right. Right. That's, that's kind of like the, the modern, like the, the modern paradigm in universe. Um, but like in, in this one, it feels like they're setting up a very different world. One where like an Obi-Wan Kenobi can, walk around like not flaunting that he's a Jedi, but he can just kind of openly be a Jedi. Like he'll do a mind trick. Like he's in, a, he's like, a, like the scene where he does the mind trick on the, on the, the traffic stop stormtroopers, like that in modern star Wars media, that would one, it would be a lot more tense 
it would be a lot more like, oh, fuck, are we going to get fucking killed or whatever? Um, but also, like, you couldn't really do someone doing an open mind trick, like, in front of multiple officers. I'm Whereas, just not sure they know that's Jedi. Like, I, that's what I I'm saying. That, that's what right, I'm saying. Right. In this, like, in this world that they are building, um, like, at this point in time, it's a world where, like, yeah, the Jedi aren't around, but it's not like we're really looking for them. Right, Whereas, right. Yeah. you know, in the modern, like, incarnation of uh, of the story, like, since, um, you know, we've had all these other installments in the franchise, it's a very different world than what they originally set up. Like, it's very much right. like, if you are thought to be Jedi-like, like, you better fucking run. Which, what, um, which ones are you referring to? What do you mean? Which installations you're referring oh, to like, like that? Well, like, Rogue One is very, um... That, that like that's basically like a war movie um in in Star Wars it's very like kind of like gritty and that that gets into like the very real like oh yeah this is like a military dictatorship you know like it gets a lot more into that aspect a, and like I don't it, think it had a lot to do with um Jedi though it it didn't that's a, a better example would be the Obi-Wan Kenobi show again where like they right, show like the inquisitors right. and they show how dangerous it is to be suspected of being a Jedi um, right. I think bad batch has a bit of it. Um, uh, basically like anything that has come out that takes place in that era is like, it's a lot more heightened, like in, in, in terms of like, you know, what happens to sp- suspected Jedi. Right. And kind of, and I, I know I'm talking about this now, like going forward in canonical history. Um, I think it's really interesting, especially after the, the new Republic, uh, gets back into power after the fall of the empire how they don't readopt jediism i think it's interesting how they they are able to uh to defeat the empire and then on top of that they're like hey i know jedi helped us in doing this but we're not gonna do jedi order stuff again we're not gonna write checks for that well because there's no one to be in it they're like that's like a big a big part of um like later um like media like uh, like the Jedi uh, like Fallen Order Fallen Survivor or whatever um, like those games are about like kind of rebuilding the Jedi Order finding for sensitive people right but from what I understand canonically after the fall of uh, the Empire and the uh, emergence of the New Republic like Luke Skywalker went to them was like hey can you guys help me make a Jedi Temple again and they were like no right well that from what I've no. seen. I'm not really a lore expert, but from what I've seen in that era, like in the timeline, the new Republic was very like stretched thin. They were trying to like put back together the pieces of this military dictatorship, try to make it democratic again. um, You know, try to bring back the ideals of the Republic while also, you know, putting down like pro empire, like um, resistance groups, you know, and, um, yeah, just doing so much like political action and like trying to like build this government that like, yeah, I right. can see how they wouldn't really have time to resurrect this, you know, this dead society. I would also argue that they probably kind of I wouldn't I, I wouldn't go as far as to say misconstrue, but like they kind of construe the authoritarianism uh, exemplified by the Empire with the the strength and uh, ability of being a jedi yeah so like they luke skywalker comes up and says hey i want to redo the jedi order to them they don't they don't hear i want to make 
like a group of peacekeeping like space wizards uh to them they hear hey i want to have a, a basically like a kgb arm of your republic yeah right they don't they well there's so also probably hearing, a lot of like you know propaganda out there in universe about the jedi like people probably still generally believe that because that's that's the thing like post um post revenge of the sith post like the clone wars like all Mm -hmm. like all of this extra media that we've gotten um it, it kind of illustrates that like the general public does not trust the jedi like they obviously they believe what the empire told them about how they tried to like overthrow the chancellor or whatever so it, right. it definitely makes sense that there would still be, you know, if not um, anti-Jedi sentiment, like it would make sense that people would be a little bit like it, it wouldn't look right to rebuild right. the Jedi temple and have it be a central part of the government, mostly right. because like you're I, I feel like it's it's kind of a fool's errand. Like why try to rebuild this um you know, this governmental institution, which was corrupt, like back in, like before, um, the empire, like there were problems, like very systemic structural problems. Um, but yeah, why would you try to rebuild that when you can just make a new government and make it how you want it to be? Yeah. I would even, I would even go as far as to argue that on top of the already assumed, uh, assumed to be true propaganda perpetuated, you know, perpetuated by the empire. Well, beyond just dealing with the lasting effects of that after uh the new republic took back power um they would also view the jedi order as being a like a big part of the reason that the republic fell in the first place yeah right and so um on top of already thinking that the jedi are maybe uh just as authoritarian as the as the empire was seeing luke skywalker who by the way killed uh i wouldn't say killed the emperor but as far as they're concerned he did um yeah as far as they are concerned he did a coup as far as they're concerned he 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 killed the head of state of the empire right but so well i was uh, you know to to add in a little thing i i do believe that people view government differently in the star wars universe but uh finish finish what you were saying um so you know luke skywalker comes to the comes to the new republic and says hey i want to i want to make a new jedi order and they go okay you have fun with that right we're not going to make the same mistakes that from what our our information our studying has has shown us uh you know caused the fall of the republic to begin with instrumentally and importantly uh what was a part of that was the jedi order so you know we're not going to do that and we're going to try to figure this out without without you um Right. Well, it's kind of like illegal. It's kind of like if the like all government in the world collapsed and we were trying to rebuild it, but someone was like, "Well, hold on, we got to rebuild the Catholic Church." Right. She'd be like, right. "No, can we figure out <laughs> right. roads first? Right. And it's like, yeah, I mean, like if you want to do charity, do charity, uh, but pray on your own time. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, you know, it's it's just interesting how uh through different canonical sources, you can come to a line of dialogue that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Talking more about this movie specifically though, another thing that I kind of, uh, what I, what I thought was interesting is there's a bit more nuance 
in like the the political structure of uh of the empire like you know obviously like there's you know the galactic senate is still in place um right up until um i think it's tarkin who's like yeah we fucking got rid of that shit we got rid of that shit just now um which by the way you don't really you don't really see the effects of there still being a senate in a lot of the media that we've gotten that takes place in that that you know kind of explores themes again well, i haven't i'm not caught up too. on everything so i might be i'm there might be something that does touch on it that i haven't seen but yeah it it, it all just feels very like yeah the emperor is in charge and he's the only guy in charge and there's like a governor here and there um but yeah no there there is a senate first of all and second of all the rebel alliance has support in the government which indicates yeah, yeah. It, right. it indicates yeah. a looser um you know, a looser grip that the emperor has on, you know, society, I guess, or like the government as a whole. Cause like, yeah, he, he has his authoritarian rule, but there's still dissent within the ranks as, you know, especially in like, you know, elected government. Right. Um, and I just, I find that very interesting that it's not just like, yeah, it's a totalitarian military dictatorship and that's it. Like there's like, there's some nuances. There's a bit of flavor to it. Right. Uh, and uh, kind of going off of that, too, like, you know, after uh, the, the emperor dissolves the Senate, right? Like half of those people are already aiding and abetting the the the, the rebellion. Yeah. Right? So like he dissolves them. And it, it reminds me of that quote from Leia that that's like, Tarkin, the more your empire strengthens its grip, uh, the more systems will fall through your fingers. Mm hmm. Right. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's essentially what happened. Right. Yeah. And it actually kind of reminds me of of the uh, the uh, how the current Russian Federation kind of operates where it's like, yeah, you have the one the one main guy who keeps power and keeps like o like order totalitarian order in the form of like Vladimir Putin. Mm -hmm. And then you have the states that border it that technically aren't under his umbrella. But uh uh, are, are still heavily influenced by its power. Right. And right with like the governors and whatnot. So, you know, I, it, I find that really interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I was going to say people, I think view the institution of government differently in the star Wars universe. Um, Cause yeah, like I, like we were saying earlier, like Luke Skywalker, like kind of by definition did a coup and he like overthrew the government but um like it's 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 kind of treated like kind of as another tuesday at, at least in terms of like you know transitioning from one government to another where like if like america like ceased like the, the american government ceased to exist and it was replaced by like another entity that would be like like it's it's easier to imagine the end of the world than it is to imagine that like I, especially Americans, I think view government as a very immovable institution. Um, whereas in, in star Wars, they're just kind of like, who's in charge this week. All right, fine. Right. At least, well, yeah. the old Republic that was different. Cause that government existed for like a thousand years or was it like a thousand generations or whatever? I, I thought it was actually 25,000 years. I yeah, thought that was their it's, number. It's like the age of the earth is how long that government yeah, has been in like, place. So like species have evolved, <laughs> right under that, like people viewed it as, as a lot more like 
you know, rigid, solidified, unmovable, but like, especially post um, order 66, it just seems like, like from these movies, you get sort of the vibe that like everyone's just kind of, at least in like, you know, these outer rim territories. Cause we don't really see a lot of like, you know, the, uh, the inner circles or whatever. Um, just from what we see, it seems like people are more like interested in like the immediate, like what's in front of them. Like, how is my business doing? Will I have water this week? Um, so I find that interesting. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> anyway, best movie ever. I think best movie ever. I, Actually, I highly suggest the despecialized editions. Um, if you want something that's as close to the original theatrical experience as possible, because they haven't released um, the theatrical cut of star Wars in a long time. And they have it like kind of vaulted up. Like you can't access it unless you find like an old tape or I think some DVDs had the theatrical cut. I still wish I, I wish I still had mine. Um, cause I remember at least my copy of, um, the, the third one, the Ewok one, the return of the Jedi. Um, that one I remember had the theatrical cut. So if you can track it down, track it down. But the despecialized edition is kind of like a fan made stitched together, um, approximation of like the original vision of star Wars. And I highly recommend it cause it doesn't have the weird CGI beasts. So there's I, no McClunky, I, you know, you know, and if, if that's what you want to do, cool, do that. Um, I would say a good spot for the uh, the new, I shouldn't say new, the edited version of Star Wars uh, would be if you want to have a concept of like how it could be improved, right? Well, um, if you want to know how it could be improved, don't watch the special editions because that will not tell you how it could be improved. Well, but it gives you some some good ideas in terms of like, for instance, that panning shot of Mos Eisley or having those the you know all those lines up of soldiers and that uh when Han Solo runs into that uh hangar bay um i think Rito shooting you know, first have, uh, not except for that of course no i like, think those having, are the only two like not bad examples and even then like it's not worth also, all the other bullshit I, don't, I think like for instance when they're looking through the desert right having some shots of like stormtroopers on on these like animals looking for stuff like you can pull that off of cgi now mm-hmm. not back when it was done but also i think it, as a whole that scene adds more to the context of the universe and you know just kind of it, it kind of tickles my imagination and i i like that i dislike how it was executed and i dislike how they really pushed this technology that really wasn't up to par yet yeah viewers write in what do you think of star wars special edition what do you think of that scene where he tries? He talks to Jabba, and it just looks bad. Yeah, it's terrible. It looks bad, and it adds too. nothing to the to the movie. And it just the the um what, the depth perception is way off, so far off. Yeah, he's like, yeah, they they had to like make the eye line, like they had to like Frankenstein it together. Yeah, yeah, bad version of this good movie. Not good. Yeah, not, not good. good. Anyway, so um, next week. Um, we're just going to blow through these. So we're going to, again, this is machete order. So this week, star Wars next week, empire strikes back, um, uh, star Wars holiday special return of the Jedi. And then no, so uh, was that? The what was that? Pre- what was that? so we're going to do, um, right. So original star Wars, then star Wars holiday special, um, empire strikes yeah, wait, back uh, after that. Right. That one, then we do that one that attack said. of the clones. What was that? 
Revenge of the no, Sith no. and then no. we cap it off you with Return of the Jedi because it's like poetry says, and it rhymes. What was that other one that you said though? The you 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 kind of mumbled through it. What was it? What was that that you said? Well, okay, so it's it machete order. It rhymes. It shows um, you know Anakin's story paralleled with Luke's story. So you know we got Star Wars: A New Hope. Star Wars Holiday Special, uh, Empire yeah, Strikes What's Back. That? What's that? No, pause. pause That's kind stop. of like a Wait. you know a rise and fall, and you that said, mirrors you said, you said, Attack of the Clones, you said Star Wars the Clone Holiday Wars movie, Special, Revenge of the uh, Sith. That's what, also what like that? the rise and fall. So Star yeah, we Wars got Holiday Special, Star Wars: A New Hope, Star Wars Holiday Special, Empire Strikes Back. No, and then not the Holiday Special, Attack of the Clones, the Clone Wars movie, and then Revenge of the Sith, and then we cap it off with Return of the Jedi. I'm not gonna watch the Holiday Special. So anyway, next week, Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> I am going to, um, I haven't gotten it yet, but I'm going to track down a copy of the despecialized edition of Empire Strikes Back. That's how I'm going to watch it. Whether or not you choose to watch it the correct way is up to you. So either right. or be square. All right. Anyway, you want to get to recommendations? Yeah, I actually do have a recommendation. Wow. This, this no, wait, wrong button. Fuck. Wow, I'm being so patient with you right now. You know what? That's why that's why this arrangement works. We're patient with each other. Exactly, You're patient with exactly. me while I push buttons, and I'm patient with you uh when you uh when, when you, you talk. When you yeah, when you say anything. <laughs> no, I'm patient with you uh yeah. when you refuse to uh, draw any parallels uh, of the politics in the movie to politics in real life and how it might have inspired I just don't like drawing it. politics to real life to politics in the movie because it's a movie about space wizards. Yeah, but it's also other stuff. A movie can be more than one thing. Cool. Anyway, my... Inglorious Bastards. Uh, that, my recommendation of Inglorious Bastards. That's just a movie yeah, about war crimes. About, ca- about war caving crimes. in people's heads with a baseball bat. It they has no political crimes. implications. It That's has nothing to crime. say about Nazis. Okay. Anyway, so Real anyway, life my Nazis. here's my recommendation of the week. So uh, it just says invest. Well, invest and wait. Hang on. There's more than that. The second part invest. of that is shit. Take a shit. Oh, invest in shit. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, you know, when you have a number two, you should probably let that go. Um, and you invest that but, shit, uh, <laughs> um, invest. Yeah. So I recently opened a brokerage account with, uh, Fidelity investments cause I have some, some, some holiday work money hashtag that's not sponsored. on my hands. Uh, hashtag not sponsored by the way. Um, so yeah, I'm going to buy, but use this things. referral link. No, I'm not going to do that. Um, do they? Uh, <laughs> that would be great if they had referral links for like index yeah, funds. Right. Yeah. Um, so here's why you should invest. Uh, I, so like it, it, it's money that you can make that you don't have to think about. And it's value that can be, that can, that can gain over amount of time that you don't have to work toward. Um, and it, uh, you know, if you have if you have spare money, you can you can throw it in index into index funds, which are just basically a very diversified portfolio that will, in all likelihood, increase with the increase of the U.S. economy. So infinite money glitch, I call it. Kinda. I mean, so uh, yeah, it, it it index funds generally grow at approximately like ten percent each year. So if you put in like a certain amount of money for something. Uh, you'll get 10% of that back every year 
on top of that principal. So that's just money you can make that you don't have to think about. And I think it's, you know, it's a good idea to invest uh, smartly, smartly into things that you think uh, will, will, will grow and invest into things that you buy, of course. And um, it's a great way to start making wealth instead of just making money. Yeah. No, uh, one of my math teachers in high school was really cool because he like, he, he went over that kind of stuff, like how to properly invest your money. Um, you know, talking about how like, yeah, you guys are going to be out in the world soon. So like, you should know, like, yeah, invest in uh, appreciating assets and don't waste money. Just kind of, a lot of it came down to just become a landlord, which I is not great, but yeah, he did talk about how like, yeah, if you have a spare bit of money every month, um, and like, I, I don't mean for this to sound like avocado toasty, you know, but like, yeah, instead of buying like a cup of coffee, you know, put that money into uh, whatever fun, like squirrel away what you can and sacrifice right. a little bit of, you know, creature comforts every so often. Yeah. And how you can even use an index fund to, to fund things that you enjoy. For instance, if you take, uh, ten, let's say like Alex, you like comic books. Uh, if you take 10 times the amount of money that you generally spend on comic books and you put that all into uh, an index fund. That means uh, every year you get like a free comic book. Well, I've just been stealing them, so I get them free anyway. Fair enough. Fair enough. But it's money that you don't like, you didn't have to work for that you earned. Um, and it's great for like, if you, if you want to do a vacation every year, right? You, you take maybe approximately, you save up 10 times the amount you would need for a vacation, for a single va- vacation. And then you put that into an index fund and you wait another year and you have a free vacation. Yeah. No, the money, the, uh, the, the advice that my mom gave me is like put money into bonds. Like that you know, too. if you, if you have, too. yeah. Yeah. If you have like a thousand dollars in a savings account, you could, um, you know, put it into like whatever bond. I don't, I don't, I'm not very educated on them, but like, you know, a bond or whatever. And they usually get pretty good interest rates. They're, Usually pretty, uh, pretty solid, pretty steady, pretty reliable, very stable, very, very stable. stable. Because what you, that's the word I was looking doing, for. What you're doing when you buy a bond is you're, you're basically buying U.S. debt. Yeah. And it's so basically a loan a to bond, the government. Basically. And so you, you buy a bond. Uh, by the way, this is what other countries do to pay for our debt, by the way. Um, they buy a bond from the United States. Right. And it's an IOU saying that, you know, we owe you this much money when you want it back. Um, the reason that they don't cash it in is because those bonds on their own are so stable, mm-hmm. are such a stable IOU that it's a, it's a, it's basically a, a value in and of itself. Yeah. Right. And so that's part of the reason why the U S debt isn't that big of a deal. It's just cause we're so stable. Um, but anyway, I digress on that point. Uh, I'm, I'm looking up bonds. what the, uh, I'm looking up what the, what the, I Googled U S bond rates and I, I don't entirely know how to read these charts. Um, U.S. five, oh, I think it's a five-year bond. Yield is listed as four point one four two. Is that is, is that like is that, I, is that so percentage maybe, each year? I don't know. I think that's like a percentage growth each year. Um, and of course, there's tax onto that. So when you when you cash it in, uh, I think there's a tax on that uh, in in terms of capital gains. But um, uh, it's it's bonds are known for being very stable um and very low risk uh low risk but relatively low reward 
Um, that's why people are always like, oh yeah, buy, go all in in one company and then become a billionaire. That's just, just not, invest like, in uh, Apple in 1988. Duh. Right. Right. So, I mean, that would be a good stock to buy though. Like Apple stock. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's, that's a good stock to buy. It's not um, a get rich quick you know, stock. Cause you never know what those are going to be. You'd well, have to like have insider information to know ahead of time. Well, right. Um, but you know, uh, so like the, what is it called? It's, um, uh, there's a term for it where you I think you're looking you're for investor, the word money. No, if you're an investor, you look for small businesses that you think, um, have, have potential and you give them a bunch of money. You and, say you and got moxie kid. Yeah. I forget what it's called though. Um, Steve jobs, son is one of these people. Um, uh, can you Google that real quick? What does Steve Jobs' son do? <laughs> That's no, a very I, roundabout way it. of trying to find the word you're thinking of. But it's like one thing. I I know because I Googled it myself. Read Jobs. Um, investor. Um, right, but there's a um oh a, a venture capitalist. That's what it is. Um, and basically what they do is they invest large amounts of money into companies that they think have a lot of uh a lot of promise and if it grows if it takes off then they yeah, benefit from it but also yeah um and so uh you know when done well it's high risk so like when oh, done yeah. well you make a lot but when it doesn't work it doesn't work oh yeah um, no if it was easy everyone would be doing it Right, right. But, so, um, you know, index funds and bonds are good. Um, also, putting together, like, a good portfolio for yourself by, like, Apple stock buying. Um, I'm trying to think of anything other than uh, Microsoft stock, uh, some big tech stuff. Uh, you know, uh, that'll that'll be, bread. It'll be pretty stable. Coca-Cola stock. Can I, can I buy bread stock? Because I feel like that's oh, not yeah. going away. Yeah, uh, Hostess. Yeah, hostess stock. Oh, you mean the Twinkie? You did the Twinkie company? No, not them. Yeah, I want. I just do. want bread. I just the, want the. I, I want the bread. The stock. concept of bread. I want to buy stock in the concept of bread because that's not going. Hostess that they could go under, but bread that's staying. Bread and circuses. Can I invest? All right, my portfolio is. I'm going to put four dollars into bread, six dollars into circuses, and I'm just going to see where it goes. Yeah, uh, I I own the concept of milk. <laughs> big milk big milk big milk um i i have um in my google drive i'll see if it's still there in my google drive i have a picture labeled as big milk um i don't remember why i made it i think something that i was watching like referenced like the dairy industry and i was like big milk that's funny um so I put together like a little like image in photo. There it is. Big milk. Let me share my screen. Um, I just don't want to delete it because I love having this in my cloud storage. <laughs> Size of an actual human. Yeah. A little person for scale, a little Shutterstock silhouette of a person. And then, uh, you know what? Fuck it. I'll make that the, uh, this will be the episode thumbnail. Big milk. Yeah, it's weird. I would like to have a bouncy house that's just when it inflates, it just is a giant <laughs> gallon of milk. Giant milk jug, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, the uh the the other thing about investing in especially in like bonds, like bonds, you can't cash them out until they're matured or else you'll have to like pay a penalty. Um I don't right. really know how index funds work. I don't know if you can just withdraw any time. Oh yeah. Uh you can sorry. My- so unprofessional. It's fall it's falling. 
Wait, we're getting there. Uh, okay, so uh, so for bonds, yes, you have to wait for them to mature. With stocks in general, um, you can trade them, you can sell them, uh, kind of at your own discretion. Um, it gets it gets really complicated when you own, like for instance, uh, Jeff Bezos. He owns like I think it's like fifty one percent of Amazon stock, right? So because he owns half the half the thing, he can't. He can't sell a substantial amount of his stocks without actually like affecting his own stock price. Does that right. make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. So he has to file with like I think uh, the Federal Trade Commission (FTC) um, to like ahead of time say what he's going to trade. And didn't like, Elon Musk get ahead. in trouble for that like last year? Yep, yep, exactly. Was it yep, the exactly was it with right. the Twitter thing? Because I feel like it was with the Twitter thing. Yeah, and then Twitter did something that was strategic, and I forget exactly what it was. I just know that the effect of it was if if um if Elon had backed out or like had, if he had backed out, he would still have to buy Twitter, and the price of the Twitter stock would have crashed. So it, it yeah. made him have to commit to buying Twitter. Yeah, no, I remember that. Yeah, I just yeah that reminded me. He like well, he just has a habit of doing like illegal stock stuff. Like pumping and dumping, being like, you guys should buy Tesla and, stock. By the way, I'm selling Tesla stock. Right. Like and raising demand while dumping his supply. I think a part of, of it is the way um, that rich people try to get around taxes. So like they organize their wealth in a way that makes it um, not impossible to tax. Legally, it should be taxed. It just makes it very difficult and, uh, and n- not equitable for the irs uh or uh, uh ftc to actually look into right well yeah right? when when you have that kind of wealth you're subjected to capital gains tax and not income tax even though like that's basically your income yeah um so it, it gets complicated there but if we're talking in terms of like when you can or cannot buy or sell stocks um weekends are when you can't because they close on the weekend the lord's day so yeah 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 um they close in the weekend, they open up again during the work week, and then you can buy and sell whatever stock you, your heart wants to buy and sell. All right. Yeah. I think it's funny that we still call it the work week. Yeah, Most people work, work week. weekends at this point. We have a, a food service economy. Hey, I, did, I said work week. The weekends are a part of the week. <laughs> right. The work <laughs> week is now seven days. Yeah. Actually, we're going to increase the a week to nine days. Also, company towns are back. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No investment. It, it's good. So yeah, bonds, they're great if you have money that you know you won't need for a year. I mean, yeah, uh, it's, it is it is a good investment. It's a good investment. Uh, it's a stable investment. It will only gain you wealth. It will only gain yeah. you money. It'll only generally be a good thing for you unless the U.S. economy crashes. But in which case I we're all scavenging anyway. In which case, we're all kind of fucked. So, we're all looting the Kmart. I mean, I'm looting the Kmart. I know everyone else is going to the stores that still exist, but I'm going to track down a, a Kmart. Because I know no <laughs> one else go is going there. It's all for me. With my, my baseball bat covered in nails. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I already I got my Mad Max mask. outfit. Right, right. Yeah. Anyway. Um, no, I just, no, I just walk in and I buy stuff from them and with all that gear on. That's how I, that's how I do it. That's how close I get to rioting. <laughs> And I put on, and by the way, put on the mascara uh, I, too, right? For right, the Mad I, Max I outfit. I, 
when I say I have a, a baseball bat with nails in it, I mean like I got scotch tape and taped them on. <laughs> oh, Haley's calling. Hey, you're on the air. Oh. Either the call dropped or she hung up. Uh, she's on her way back from Seattle. She's doing a campus visit. And that leads me to what I was going to say. Um, let's get through the rest of this because I have to leave in about like 20 minutes or so. Um, so anyway, yeah, invest. Do what works for you. There's different avenues and they'll get different results. But it's either way. Whatever you do, it'll be better than just sitting it in a, a bank account that gets like 0.004% slowly- interest. Yeah, and that slowly gets eaten by uh, inflation. At anyway. that point, why so. even have an interest rate on the account? Just be honest with me. Just you know, every so often, just take fifty bucks out, PNC. Just don't make it look like I'm earning any amount of money that matters. Anyway, so I wanted to do a little addendum to uh, what I was talking about last week with having my Plex server and the CDs and putting music on it. Uh, I, f- I forgot to mention, but there's a pretty easy, pretty low-cost way of setting up a little Plex server. Um, this will work for movies and like TV and stuff, too. It's just transcoding will be... It, it won't really work, so it's more for like in-home movie streaming, but this will work great for music, setting up a Plex server on a Raspberry Pi. Um you're, Ooh, that's fun yeah that sounds cool yeah you're familiar with the little raspberry pi computers yeah it's just a little bait it's a, a bait it's like a credit card size computer, pretty much right yeah yeah no they're they're great for little like you know little home lab projects um i haven't done it myself i, I don't think i've ever owned a raspberry pi personally i've worked with them but um yeah, no, it's a very low cost, low power way to set up your own little music streaming service if you want. Um, like I was talking about last week with Plexamp, because it, it's very, it requires very little, like um, computational overhead to operate just a little music file server, um, and it's it's pretty straightforward to set up. You just do. I, I don't know what operating systems are supported by a Raspberry Pi, but you can just set it up with Raspbian, which is like kind of like the default go-to Linux distribution for a Pi. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, I called it Raspbian. Yeah, it's, what did I say? Because that's that's what I know. You it said Raspbian. Raspbian. Yeah, it's it just depends on how you want to pronounce the P in it. But uh, no, it's. You don't even have to really correctly. You don't even really have to have anything in terms of storage. You don't need to have anything beyond like a single micro SD card um, or like a little USB like thumb drive. Because music, even if you're ripping lossless files, um, my whole collection, let me pull it up. My music collection is let me pull up properties, uh, the entirety of my music folder. And I have like not the biggest, but a a fairly um, you know, fairly good size collection and it is still going, still going, still counting. It takes a second cause it's going over the network. It has 30, 34.7, um, gigabytes worth of music on it. So like you'll be good with a decent size, like thumb drive or micro SD card, like throw a 256 gigabyte card in there and like, you'll be good probably. Um, and you don't have to pay a subscription. You don't have to pay like, you know, $10 a month to access this stuff. All that really, all that it costs you is the price of the equipment and you can run other stuff on it. So it kind of justifies the cost. Um, 
and just, you know, buying the media to put on it. Or, you know, if you want to, I don't know, if you want to do less, um, you know, less official ways of acquiring digital files for music, you know, do, do, uh, what you want, but you didn't hear it from me. Um, it's, it's a good, it's a good little project, especially if you're, if you're kind of techie, it's good if you want to get away from streaming services. Cause again, I don't see music streaming being this good for as long as, as it, you know, I'm, I'm surprised it's been this affordable and this like good of an experience for as long as it has. Um, but if you don't want to bother with Plexamp, cause like you need to uh, pay for Pe- Plex pass in order to download files. For example, there's a couple other like little uh, neat features that are behind that paywall. But um, if you have an Apple device, you could just use iTunes to put music on your, uh, on your phone. Um, like or, they, they still let or, you do that. They still let you rip or, CDs in iTunes. Like you just put the CD in, it comes up on the thing. You can rip it, whatever uh, format you want. You can rip it lossless and just put it on your phone. And it's like a, a very, um, you know, seamless experience. Or, and hear me out, you can open up your Safari browser, type in YouTube. Yeah, if you don't care about user experience at all, just do that. If you don't care about sound quality. Works for me. If you don't care about, you know, just the embarrassment of that being how you listen to music. Do you want to know the most embarrassing way that I've ever browsed YouTube before? Um, One time you sent me a, a video from YouTube on snapchat yeah right and i watched the video on snapchat and i just continued in their little browser in the snapchat fucking (laughs) i think i got so far lost in the sauce that when i finally was like okay let's get off youtube i was surprised that i was back on snapchat (laughs) what's this glitch i was like what the fuck why am i on snapchat and i remembered and i was like wow i feel embarrassed yeah you should but anyway, yeah. um, especially if you already have a, a CD collection, um, it's it's definitely worth it to uh, you know rip it to your computer, do it lossless if you want, and just you know you can put it on your phone or or segue. Uh, I've been getting back into like the the iPod modding genre of uh, of content on YouTube. I uh, earlier early, he's doing. He's doing a very approving nod and point. Um, I just, I have to tell the listeners because I'm experiencing it and it's going to come off in how I talk. And, you know, there's just less confusion. Uh, No, I, uh, I, I kind of got into it a little bit like a year or two ago, but I never really like bought an iPod because I just didn't really see the point in it. But I realized I have like my own little, like, you know, respectable music library with just, you know, files that I have on the server. Um, like I, like I could, if I needed to, like I, I could be fine with just that collection and not need anything else. So I'm like, at this point I might as well have an iPod to like throw that stuff on if I, you know, for the little novelty and, uh, you know, people have, have talked at length about disconnecting from like the internet and like from, the outside world and just kind of like putting on headphones and listening to music on a device that is built to play music, you know? And I, I, I definitely have an appreciation for that. And I just, I just like the, 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 the tactileness of it. I just, I like the click wheel. I like, um, I just like a little, a little, a little device like that, a little nice little form factor. Um, 
I, I, I've found just generally when you're judging any product, don't compare it to like what's out now, compare it to what was around when it came out. The iPod is, it's like a different century compared to like is other still MP3 only, players. Is it, is it still only a thousand songs? No. Is that what your do- so yours the, does? I think a thousand songs. Wait, that, do you still, do you have it? I want to see it. I don't, I ordered it earlier today on oh, eBay. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So I, I don't have it yet. I bought the fifth generation. I think it's the it's like the second revision of the fifth generation. So it's like the fifth and a half generation people refer to it as, or the the five point five. You looking it up? You googling? That's um, it's the one like just iPod five. Yeah, fifth, um, fifth generation. Google like iPod Classic fifth generation because you might it might come up with um, yeah. results for the touch. Yeah, I see it. I did also uh, want to mention too, if if like iPods aren't your forte, uh, if they if they just don't do enough for you, like like the iPod Touch, they still make those. They're like they do. eighty bucks, and they're they're also like a fucking beast of of like storage capacity. Yeah, I think we've so, talked about it, but Dankpods did a video about how the iPod Touch is like the new iPod Classic. Yeah, it's it's a beast, and you can you can download like so many games, not only games, but like games tv shows movies music everything um yeah. and it has all the storage for it i'm gonna call jake um friend of the show real friend of the show because he actually just bought a zune and he might want to recommend that <laughs> maybe maybe he like did that maybe he did some content recently maybe he might want to plug that i don't know yeah hey yeah. jake you there hey we're doing the show hey jake we're talking about ipods and junk uh did you this is a very lead-in question did you buy an ipod like device recently and while you're here would you like to plug anything uh sure yes i did buy a ipod type device recently it was microsoft or it was uh competitor to it a very very failed competitor called the microsoft zune picked it up like from the movie like like from the movie well it's the second generation so it's not from it's not the exact model but you know it's not lore accurate no, not unfortunately. Um, but I picked it up from a guy on Facebook Marketplace. He said he tried to replace the battery, and he was an IT, and uh, uh, he sold it to, to me for 40 bucks. tried plugging it in, left it in for like six hours, didn't want to work. Cool, I'm going to go ahead and order a new battery. Open it up. Hmm, one of the wires was crimped, the negative wire for the battery. Okay, that would explain why, you know, why it wouldn't turn on. And then the other thing was the top portion where the hold switch and the wireless antenna and the headphone jack, that wasn't even plugged in. So that would probably also explain, Zoom was like, oh, I can't even output audio. I'm not even going to turn on. So after I replaced the battery, plugged it in, boom, fired up with no issues. The thing was filled with music. There was like 4,500 songs on there. There was, uh, it was like Daft, there was like Daft Punk. There was the Guardians of the Galaxy volume one and two soundtracks so so this guy's just um, shit at refurbishing technology yes and apparently he's an it yeah okay Oof. he he must be the type of it guy that just does password resets all day probably but yeah it was a uh, it was pretty uh, it was really really fun getting it back up and running and then uh um you can still use use the software on modern computers you just have to do a little trickery uh, with uh, with some of the the networking and such, but it's not too bad uh, because Microsoft took all the servers down, you know, a long time ago. But the 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 community on r slash Zune 
they have their own custom server up that can that redirects all of the all the Microsoft built-in stuff and redirects it so that you can download the firmware updates and download the games and all the other stuff for the Zune. So if you have oh, one, cool. if you're able to get one for cheap, you can still you can still technically use it. So I loaded loaded up with all my music and yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, nice. iPods, they got really expensive post-dank pods, but I think they've come back down in price because you can get a refurbished fifth generation like with a new battery and stuff like for like $45, $50. There's a lot of sellers on eBay that, that sell them for that price point. Um, but yeah, similar to that, actually, there's this like fan-made OS that you can put in on, on, on an iPod that um it kind of gets around some yeah. limitations of like the base Ro- software Rockbox, right Rockbox, yeah because uh come to find out ipods like like apple devices generally i guess uh and like itunes they don't support flac files and guess what all of my cds are ripped as flac files um so a way around that is you can put Rockbox on on the ipod and it'll actually read flack files so you don't need to like re-encode your entire collection which is neat but not yeah, gonna, i do want to mention as well even... oh, sorry i do want to mention as well i have an ipod nano sixth generation so it's a little square one um unfortunately yeah, yeah, yeah. i had the, one of those too yeah it's kind of sick the unfortunately so i got it in high school and it went through the wash and then the backlight coil oh. burnt out yeah, uh, but it functions. It still functions. I just need to find a guy to repair it. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, that. I mean, I can take a look at it. I mean, it's already broken enough. So, I mean, I could attempt, but, you know. Yeah. Th- I thought about just getting a, a new one. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it. That was a gut punch for me because I was so happy that I had a, 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 like a very inconspicuous, like little a music player that plays music perfectly fine and doesn't notify me when my blood pressure is high. Right. Right. Or it doesn't tell me when like a news thing happened or it doesn't tell me when I've gotten a text, you know? Yeah. No, I've, I've started taking walks like, like a few times a day when I'm not working. Um, and it's, it's nice. I like to just go out, put on headphones, listen to music or like a podcast. I've been getting back into Batman, the audio adventures, uh, side recommendation. Um, but yeah, nothing is worse than, um, than being in like in the middle of a song, especially like the part that you like, and then a notification like interrupts it. I fucking yeah. hate that. Yeah. No, on my phone, it's, it's still the same notification tone. So it it's anytime I get a notification, it interrupts with Jared burping. Nice. I can't believe I can't believe you still have that set up. I just haven't bothered to, to change it. It's just it's such an iconic burp. So, uh, so you were mentioning how bad the uh, or how little you're able to uh, to put on iPods, like format wise. Oh yeah. So they Apple does have their own like equivalent to Flack, which if you don't know, free lossless audio codec. They have Apple lossless audio codec. Um, so like they have their own equivalent. So it's not like you can't have as good quality, but yeah, it's just annoying when you have an, a collection of, of flack files and they're just not compatible with iTunes. Yeah. So, so here's the, uh, the zooms compatible files, MP3, AAC, WMA, and that's it. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. But you can watch videos on your Zoom. All right. You can also get an iPod Touch um, if you if you really need something that like 
will store a lot of stuff and still be like more or less modern. Right. Yeah, but the Zune, it just has its, its it has a little charm to it. It does. Yeah. I it mean, do. It, it do. 80, 80 gigabytes. Like, that's a lot of Whoa. music. Yeah. No, I, uh, I have the properties pulled up for, oh, and I don't have it pulled up anymore. Um, let me pull it up again. My entire music library, all of, uh, all of my CD rips, uh, my, uh, my library from back in when Google play still existed, um, my Apple library, it all totals still counting, still counting, still counting 34.7 gigabytes. And I was saying earlier, if you wanted to, you could set up just like a dedicated music Plex server with a raspberry Pi and it'll work great and it'll be very low overhead and you need like next to nothing for storage to have a whole, you know, music library. Oh, do you guys mm-hmm. know what my computer has been doing lately? Um, it's been saying that I'm like low on storage and I go in to look at my storage and it's like, no, I still have like, like another like 55 gigabytes left. It's like, it, it, it's, that's, that's the trouble with windows. A- well, like less than half of the memory is taken up, but it's trying to get me to buy more cloud storage. Oh, of course. Oh, oh, uh, the, that. Yeah, that's OneDrive stuff. Yeah, I, find, I I always disable OneDrive whenever I whenever I do a new Win, Windows installation. Um, yeah, no, the, the trouble with Windows is it measures in like percentages. So like if right. it, it it judges how like how low your storage is by like what percentage is left. So if you have like a two terabyte drive and there's like 20 gigabytes left, it's like, bro, you're almost out. But if you have like a 60, like if you have like, like a hundred gigabyte drive and there is like a megabyte left, it's like, you know, you're in the, you're in the same boat as the other guy with a two terabyte drive. Um, Right. Yeah. That's, that's just, that's, that's a little idiosyncrasy of windows. But anyway, Jake, while you're here, do you have anything to recommend to the audience that maybe you made recently? Yeah, so I made a video about um, all sorts of different uh, ways to kind of get through your backlog of, of primarily games, uh, you know, different different strategies or different devices. Um, uh I, I think I think it turned out pretty well. It's around I think uh, around the same same amount of time as my previous one nine minutes or so. So I'm I'm trying to uh, to think about what I want to do for my next for my next video. Um, I'm either I'm trying to decide between how the Xbox 360 is one of the best budget consoles that you can buy right now. Um, the how how arcades have kind of transformed over time from being very popular to nowadays where it's basically either redemption games or it's a barcade. Um, and my third idea was um, the, the lawsuit between Konami and rocks or uh, rocks or uh, just to make it quick, they made a, a spinoff game or not a spinoff, uh, a copy of DDR called in the group that added a bunch of stuff that people really liked a lot more than DDR. And then they eventually got sued over, copyright infringement and patents and stuff. So I'm trying to decide between those three, but I'm also caught up with, you know, studying for my network plus. So, but, uh, but yeah, if you want to at least watch something from me, uh, feel free to watch that, uh, 
watch that video about uh about getting through your backlog because the uh the steps that I kind of used, I was able to get through around thirty uh, around thirty ish games last year by kind of using the steps that I used. Nice, nice. Yeah, no, the uh, I like the ideas. I feel like the the Xbox thing, like it's kind of been touched on, but the other two, I think those are good. Um, yeah, you should do 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 both of those. Do all three. Yeah, I probably I'll, will. I have I'll another do one. Drugs. I, do drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you know what I endorse Better that. Idea. Do drugs, then make the video. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Up top. Anyway, thank you uh for joining us. Uh we gotta we gotta we gotta wrap up soon, so we're gonna get through the rest of this. You enjoy your evening, Jake. Where what what yeah, channel? Uh, What's the channel name? Where can people find you? What is it? Um crap, hold on. I gotta put you on speed because I, I don't even remember. This guy. This fucking uh, guy. It'll be Azzy Raccoon. Uh, all right. A Z I R A C C O O N. All right. And link in description as well. All right. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Jake. It was yeah. nice talking to you, man. Yeah, for sure. I'll see you guys around. Later. See you around. So anyway, um yeah, iPod. I'm I'm excited for that to to come. Dude, there's like a whole yeah. um Jake actually to uh show me this, but there's a uh, a website. Let me let me let me find it. It's um like an obsolete electronics like store and they sell like parts to like fix up iPods. They sell refurbished iPods. Um yeah, it's Elite Obsolete Electronics. That's eoe.works and um they have like a, a pretty good selection of aftermarket parts. Uh what I'm most interested in currently um is like the aesthetic upgrades. Like you can get, get different, like, um, like different shells. You could have like a clear iPod if you wanted. Like I, I'm a big fan of that. You know, like how they had like the, like the clear, like the translucent line of like game boys. I have a thing for that. They have the same, they have the same line, but it's like shells for iPods. They have like the atomic purple one, which I like. I have the atomic purple game boy color. They have like different ones. What, what are you holding up? What is it? Oh, that's cool clear switch controller it's my switch controller my sister got it for me for christmas nice just sick it's just sick i like it i'm a big fan of transparent and translucent technology i think it's really like, neat I, I can see all the pieces fit fit together it's neat yeah i think that's really cool yeah anyway ob- elite obsolete electronics um the last thing that I'll mention before we go is there's a I, I've been getting into coffee content on YouTube. Um, I've been learning yeah, different techniques and stuff, and it's it's a whole world, dude. It's a it's a whole world. It is. I'm gonna yeah, share my. Some of the cool cultures are based off of this, right? Well, there's just so many different ways of making the same drink, and I find that very interesting. But um, never settle for bad coffee. This guy you don't have to. There we never have settle for bad coffee. Gold. He's just, he just has this kind of like, I don't know. He has a similar vibe to like Tamora Tamara Morrison, Tamura, how do you, however you pronounce it. Um, Tamora Morrison. Yeah. He kind of has like a similar vibe where he's, he can, you know, he kind of talks funny. He's an old, he's an old guy, but he's a little goofy, you know? Is it, is it weird that like, so I see he's, he's a more rotund individual, but Mm -hmm. it's weird how I attribute that to him clearly knowing what tastes good. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, no, there's an old adage: never trust a skinny chef. <laughs> yeah, but, unless yeah. they have a really high metabolism. Um, I 
Well, yeah, yeah, still, still throw him away, throw him out, throw his ass out, put him on the <laughs> curb. Um, anyway, the, the, there's this video from ABC Australia, uh, best ways to make great coffee at home. Uh, and then there's another one. I don't know if, how, if this guy has been in other videos, I would love to find them if he, if he has, then there's an, another one home espresso masterclass. All you need to know about coffee at home. Uh, I just love this guy's like vibe and personality. Um, there's like a couple like really like f- moments that I found kind of funny. I don't have them time stamped, so I won't play them, but yeah, mm-hmm. e- very entertaining personality, but also informative. Um, and, uh, I like the, the genre of coffee influencer. That's just kind of like, yeah, whatever you like that tastes good is, is good, but here's how right, I do it. Right. And this is how they would do it in a shop. This is the traditional technique to do this. And if it's you like, like it, do it. Babish. It's like binging with Babish, with Babish, but with coffee. Yeah. What is that? Binging with bat binging with Babish. Yeah. What is that? Oh, he's a, you don't know who he is. Oh, he's a, he's a, uh, uh, fucking YouTube cook. Oh, okay. Just, yeah. Um, and he's, he's very much like, he makes like meals from like different film franchises. Oh, that's right? cool. And so that's like his main thing, but he's also very much like, um, like, Hey, this is how I've made this taste better, but I know people have different tastes. So do what you like. Right. Yeah. That's that's a good outlook on it. I just, I don't like, and I don't, I don't think I've really run into this too much just cause like I, like I'm not very deep into uh coffee culture, but yeah, it seems like it, it's very easy for people to get really gatekeepery. Like, right. no, that's not right, the proper right. way of doing this yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And it's, we're just making yummy drinks for each other. That's what's um, going on here. I do want to ask you something about espresso though, because like sometimes I have really good espresso and sometimes I have like really sour espresso. Have you ever experienced that? Yeah, no coffee can be very like acidic if you don't, um, if you don't make it the right way. It has to do with like the quality of the grind, um, that, that plays into it a lot. Like if you get an inconsistent grind, it can lead to like bitterness or like too much acidity, um, so like there's, you could have too fine of a grind or too coarse of a grind or an inconsistent mm-hmm. grind where it's like a mix of the two, just cause you have like a cheap machine. Um, I think James Hoffman is, uh, if I'm thinking of the right guy, uh, yeah, James Hoffman, he's another like coffee influencer. He's, he, he's very much of the similar, of a similar mindset. Like yeah, it's, it's a yummy drink that we all make. Here's how I do it. It'll taste good. If you do this, do what you will. It's art. Um, me drinking this Mountain Dew kickstart, <laughs> right. but yeah, he is very like informative of like, you know, do what, do what tastes good for you. But if you do try to grind your own beans and you have like one of these cheaper machines just so you know you probably won't like it as much and you know um, what really grinds my beans <laughs> yeah um but yeah it, it is very coffee it's pretty easy to mess up coffee but it's you know at the same time it's not that hard to do it right if you just know you know a few uh techniques i've been getting into pour over um which is it's basically like a, a half step above using like a drip brewer you know, like a, a traditional coffee maker. But what I like and and what is, in my opinion, the biggest downside of using a drip brewer is the hot plate. Like, you know how a, a coffee machine will have like a hot plate that the, the pot sits yeah, on? Yeah, just to keep the actual coffee Just warm. to keep it warm. 
but it ends up, especially if you have it sitting for a long time, it ends up like cooking it more and kind of burning it and right. it can be a bit more bitter and you lose a lot of flavor. Um, what I like about pour over is that there's obviously there's no hot plate. Um, so like, you know, you're, you're using hot water, so it's going to be hot. It's going to be warm. So you don't need to worry about using a hot plate or anything. Um, but yeah, it, it just, it lets the coffee like be more flavorful on its own. You know, it, it lets it just kind of, like it gets everything else out of the way and lets the coffee do what it's going to do. I heard Aeropresses have, um, a good reputation for that too. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't really know uh, anything about that. I want to, next thing that I want to learn how to use is a French press. Yeah. Um, I know Aeropresses especially have a good, have good reviews for making consistently good coffee. Um, especially for such a simple setup, as long as you have like good ingredients. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And I've been making espresso for a while and it's, um, yeah, you definitely want to have like good, um, like you want to start with good coffee and, um, yeah, espresso is, it's kind of an easy one to mess up if you don't really know what you're doing. Like, it, a lot of it has to do with like how well you tamp the grounds. Like it has to be kind of uniform in like how like compacted it is. And you got to like make sure the water th like flows through it evenly. So like it's, it's easy to not do right. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I don't know. I just find it all very interesting. And I, uh, I like that at the end of your effort, you get a tasty little beverage like on its own. It's, it's kind of, it's interesting to learn about, um, but yeah, I, I like, I like that there's a little reward at the end. I think that's fun yeah, for sure. But yeah, the pour over, the pour over supplies that I got, it's like $4, um, for like a little, like, it's basically a funnel with a little hole at the bottom and you put like the cone filter in and you, you put the grounds and you pour it over, pour over, hence the name pour over. But, um, you know yeah, what I do, uh, for my coffee, I like to, uh, so what I do is I find some charcoal. I grind that up, yeah. right? I find some uh, some water, and I put the the, the 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 you know the charcoal in the water. I mix that, and I find a caffeine pill, and I grind that up, and then I toss that in, and I mix it, and that there you go. It's just like the French. All right. Um, uh, Tom Scott actually did a video a little while ago with uh, James Hoffman. Um, Tom Scott like does not like coffee, and I guess the premise of the video is like, can this guy? uh learn to appreciate you know, it yeah can you learn to appreciate it um i didn't really watch the whole thing um i just i came across it but yeah it's that that's that's to say that was like a good video too mm -hmm. it's 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 easy to say like that you don't like coffee if you've only had bad coffee but you know if if you like kind of dip your toes into that world and you like taste good coffee like it can it, it's a wildly different experience mm-hmm yeah, and it's great too. Like sometimes I've I've had mornings where I like have my cup of coffee, and for some reason the gods have blessed me with like the elements were right today, and I have an amazing cup of coffee, and I just fucking soak it in. Nice. I just, do like, you do you make it or do you it? like buy it at a at a store? So some sometimes so I'm mostly referencing when I had like a summer job at a chocolate factory, <laughs> and they when you did really an internship as an Oompa yeah, well, they made really great lattes, and so you know, I I would make a latte and I just would drink it and be like, "Wow, I didn't know that cream and espresso could taste this good." Yeah, you know, and so it really spurred my appreciation for that. Now I just use my Keurig. 
<laughs> Keurig isn't fine. bad, but I I definitely like the the, the DIY approach. Like the right. putting a bit more that's craftsmanship yeah. into it. A lot of people like the ritual, and that's I wholly respect that. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like what I was talking about with the with the iPod stuff. Like, yeah, you can mm-hmm. listen to music on your phone, of course, and of course you can just on get YouTube a Keurig through Safari. Yeah, on YouTube through Safari. Um, like, yeah, you could just get a Spotify membership and not worry about building a library or like doing file management or anything. Um, but I just I like you know, building it up on my own, having control over it, knowing the ins and outs of a thing that I use every day. And, right, uh, right. It's just, it's, it's a fun little world to get into. I'll, I'll link, um, whatever other videos that I remember that I've enjoyed about coffee. There's one that I, it was like a half hour video and it was like different, like drink recipes. And, uh, it, it was very good. It was very to the point. It was like, this is this drink. This is how you make it. This is why you might like it. This is the kind of person it appeals to. And, uh, that was good. Link into description for that. Burp. That's the noise I was talking about. All yeah, right. I thought that was like a gi- digital noise. What the burp? Yeah. No, it's it's just from one of the podcast recordings with Jared. Oh, funny. Yeah, he just. <laughs> I think he burped like. No, I think I was gonna say while I was away, but I think it was like in the middle of a sentence. So yeah, <laughs> track down the episode if you feel like it. But yeah, that burp <laughs> is in one of them. Yeah. Oh, uh, anyway, I do have to go. That that burp was to tell me that Haley's wow. plane landed. So wow, that has been the show. Thank you, everyone, Fucking for listening to another episode. Bold of you to say, remember <laughs> to listen to the Star Wars Holiday Special next week. Um, watch that before you listen to the episode because that's what we'll be talking about. Maybe or maybe it's just going to no. be Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> no. Who, no. who knows? <laughs> but no, you should watch the Star Wars Holiday Special before next week's episode, regardless of if we talk about it or not i'm just i'm subjecting people to a horrible experience is what i'm doing follow me on social media don't follow gavin anywhere don't follow, follow me follow me Stop for pictures it. of cardboard my cat follow me for uh posts about shows that i am in or going to uh follow me just you know if you want you know if you like it uh, maybe follow alex to revolution yeah do it pussy <laughs> I like how you're trying to inspire people to follow you and you just throw in you have like a nice pause and you could have left it there and you decided to call everyone a pussy no that's if they don't follow me I'm saying don't be a pussy (laughs) (laughs) anyway subscribe so you don't miss the next episode share the show with a friend tweet our episodes tweet our clips uh, clips Eclipse channel may or may not come back from the dead. It depends on how much free time I am willing to devote to it. Anyway, let's let's just let's just, uh, let's, let's anyway let's let's let's, go. let's let's clear off the stage for the next act. Let's skedaddle. That is to say, let's end this episode so you can start another one of a different show My. or the same show. Don't stop your recording. I'm not. All right. I just, I saw you reaching and I was very, I was like, I hope he remembers.
I'm getting I'm getting there. No, you gotta slow it down. Like every ha needs to sound like it required effort. Because you're doing too much Peter Griffin. You're doing the no. You're doing like the machine gun laugh. Oh, dude, I can do a Doctor Doofenshmirtz impression. Oh yeah, Perry the Platypus. Dan Pavenmeyer, right into the show. Was that a good impression? Yeah. Friend of the show, Dan <laughs> Pavenmeyer. Friend of everyone on TikTok, yeah. Dan Pavenmeyer. Also, the most wholesome guy I've I think I've ever seen Sweet on the dude. internet. 